and welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. This is Brandon, or Mutilus, on the forum. And this is Parker, go by Dr. Mantis Toboggan, MD, on forums. This is Jeremy, go by hashtag uh, deleted my account, deleted, sold all my Marvel models, um, probably been my last podcast. Hashtag I quit. <laughs> how, I'm curious how they sold after you smashed them. <laughs> Did you get top dollar for your broken minis? <laughs> Still pending. <laughs> Well painted. <laughs> Buy it now, not yet claimed. Was well painted. Was, was. well assembled. Yeah. The gray bits go to the other gray bits. It's like tab A slot B, but it's just you attach gray pieces because that's where there's no paint. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so quick announcements. We're down to 231 probationary episodes. All right. Um, feel like... Parker is going to get some more probationary episodes added by Jeremy after today. Uh, but that brings us to the news. News, 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 news. So I scoured the interwebs, looked all over, cannot find a news. You're the worst. I looked for any of a news, and the only thing I found was, I guess, without anything left to share, Atomic Mass Games has just been kind of rehashing, you know, pictures of their stock art. Like, these, like, look at the Asgardians. Remember them? They're basically just doing member berries for all of the old factions right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, that's. Uh, there's no other posts. It's it's gone quite quiet after that huge info dump. So, so no news. The only right. there are, there was one bit of news I was I was actually curious about from your side though. Do we not have a Midnight Suns day yet? Do we have a day when Midnight Suns coming out, or is that is that still pending? No. We still don't know. Uh, so last I counted, there was there was either nine or fourteen. I can't remember. I just tried to check. I can't pull it up from my home computer. Mm-hmm. There's like about a dozen things that we now know of on the release schedule that have yet to come out, and so far none of them have a release date. But we've okay. been told that they will all be out by first quarter, and so uncertain. Okay. I've seen a lot of people with the models that live in like Australia and Europe and stuff, but so far I don't believe they're out or we have released it yet. Okay, they might be sitting in a boat in LA Harbor kind of thing right yeah. now. They're sitting on a dock in China waiting for boxes to put them in, right? To ship them to the because they're because they're currently in LA Harbor, right? If if you don't live in the U.S., I know we have some international listeners. The stupidest situation has occurred between like the Pacific Ocean shipping because all of the canisters uh, piled up on the west coast of the U.S. during the pandemic because customs wasn't going through anything to unload it. And so because of that, all of the shipping containers were just offloaded on the docks and then the ships left. And so they're just sitting in in shipping yards, not opened, or if they're open, they just got emptied out and none of them have been shipped back to China yet. But because the lack of demand on things, there's no reason to ship them back to China because normally there's just this constant trail back and forth. And now they're just all the boxes are on one side. And so the shipping cost is like 10 times what it used to be. Like someone was telling me they, they knew somebody involved in one of the Battletech Kickstarters. They said normally to buy a shipping container on a super freighter is like $1,200. To just ship an entire container over. Mm-hmm. Now they want like seven thousand 
Like, it's ridiculous. Like, they just can't afford it. So, like, well, I guess we're just not shipping it until the price goes down. And so, but everyone's in that situation. And so no one's shipping anything because the price is so high. And because the, the price keeps going up. And it's just a stupid situation. So basically only essential things are actually getting shipped and opened at this point. Mm. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're basically waiting on that. So, yeah, that's the news. That's bad, isn't it? So basically Parker ruined the news, his only segment. Oh, I I don't think I ruined the news. I just think Thanks, actually, Parker. Actually, ruin I, the news. I, That's a probation. I actually think I oh, I think it's actually I, I think it's grounds for taking one off. Would you? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you turned on CNN and the person behind the desk just like shuffles some papers and goes, "Well, no news. No news is good news. Just no news. No, it's fine." I would, I would be everything, completely enraged. Every everything you think that's going on is going on. Nothing has happened that's wrong. It's just. <laughs> I think by the the concept of you turning on the news means you want news. So if they said there right. is no news, I would you would be upset because you didn't get what you wanted. I don't know. I mean, when you turn on the History Channel, are you mad that they're looking for ghosts again? Like, <laughs> uh, usually when I turn on the History Channel, they're looking for aliens. That yeah, existed. I know. Yeah. prehistory right and like this is literally not your job this is neither history yeah <laughs> or or aliens yeah. just fucking get over it like it's like next on ancients ancients and aliens we're yeah. gonna we're gonna look at this fallen tree was it aliens you're like no like come on listen all right if i can't turn on history channel and learn about how to dig for gold or mine gold in the bering sea then that's yeah. not the history channel that i want did you see that there's that underwater gold like reality show now there's been they, one they, for a long time they, well i just found out about it recently so hold on i don't watch reality <laughs> god damn it i like thought you something. were white trash you're not i know Brandon. so like Brandon. people like they like they like deadliest catch and they like people catching gold so what if they like deadliest catching, catching gold and yeah. they just put they just put the catching gold in the sea and i'm like that's not how that works like yeah it's like it's so what are they doing they're using the thing down in the water again this is a show yeah they're what do they do next they put the thing back down in the water and they look for gold again i'm like what the fuck like this is not a show well they might die oh, yeah. so there you go basically there's they're sitting on a barge using a backhoe that's not oh, hey. a and they, guys, process. they can basically stand up like it's not even deep yeah so yeah, it's they're just in like the the low spots the shallows. And basically they make enough money to just do that and then go get a job during the rest of the year like yeah. it's it they don't want to work but it's they like don't an make internship, enough yeah yeah it's completely fucked up <laughs> and then it's all so their stupid. shit just falls into the water like and gets ruined yeah. but guys this anyway. is this, this is history we're talking about do you see history. do you see what you've done to us parker we're talking about fucking reality shows no because you didn't have news for us uh, this is on you no, there's no this, taking it back this, what you guys just did just this is what should happen this is what should happen to all news channels. They should just start talking about anything <laughs> they else. They should talk about people mining for gold in shallow just, water. Just anything else. Anything except what they talk about. I don't care what it's, it is. That's actually pretty true. <laughs> news channels are pretty terrible. <laughs> but I, I had somebody who interned at a local news station, and they're like, all right. So they spent three months learning how to set up for the show, and they finally got moved up to on-show hand like an assistant during the show. Mm -hmm. And so they got to be there when they filmed the show and they were very excited. Like, all right. And so like, they're, they're like running around doing all this, like in infrastructural stuff, like getting paper, like make sure everybody has the supplies they need, make sure all the equipment's set up. 
And then the show's about to start. Like, all right, what news are we covering today? Oh, that's a good point. The guy just turns around and Google's news yep. in whatever city they were in. Yep. And he's like, what? And like, he, and he his co- mind just caved yep. in when they did that. And they, and they copy like, and paste it into the prompter and just that's it. Yeah. Yep. That's that's local news. So world shattered, by the way, if you guys think that those oh. people know anything. Oh, by, by the way, by the way, that's some local news. Some other local news, depending upon who you're affiliated with, who, who's your, your parent company. Just copy the other channel story? No, it's actually, it's, it's, it's you're sent your news from some central location, and you have no, like, editing power over it. And you're told, just say this. And you hope it's unbiased journalism, but it's you know it's not because somebody, sure somebody that's wants... how unbiased journalism yeah. works. You you get it from the fucking like roll down supply chain. Right here's your unbiased news. Yeah, <laughs> disseminate. Yeah, run run this segment about uh yeah run this segment about how uh there's no water shortage or something like that. I'm sure every yeah. you know nobody everybody will buy it. Just do it. All right, so we're gonna move on. Uh, so currently playing, uh, I'm still playing the greatest faction in the game, which is Spider Foes. That's right. Greatest faction. Not close. Uh, they're basically undefeatable from everything I've seen. They are, I mean, they, 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 they are pretty strong. I don't think I there's do wish, wrong with them. I do just wish that they would switch the affiliation list with Criminals and Spider Foes. I would be so happy. Like I, I just want to play my spider foes in criminals. Well, that's just one hundred. Sounds easy. It's not. It's almost impossible. Well, that's just one hundred percent on purpose, right? Like they, yeah. Like it, they're a really effective brawler faction, and so don't don't let them also score every point automatically. Well, they're just brawlers that hit hard. Well, do, As do, where do, criminals do they are hard? brawlers that don't hit hard. Do they hit hard though, or do they just? I actually spider foes hit hard. From my experience, it's just they didn't seem to. They had they had strange like non obvious resilience like the recombinator yeah. and carnage's heal and all of them have just like they're because they're brutes in general are just stat monkeys right it's like you're just buying a wall of stats mm-hmm. and then anything else they do is kind of bonus right. and so yeah every character i was playing the the list i commonly play is like green goblin venom carnage kingpin and then some combination of filler models uh, and it's it's a solid list, uh, and it's got a couple alternate options in there, like Lizard. Uh, but yeah, they're they're just for the most part just slightly better than you at fighting, and they just do it longer. Right. Well, like all of them have the ability. Well, sorry, uh, two of the characters, two two four point like stocky characters, have the ability to go from full, uh, sorry, empty health to full health, like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's something that's really. We haven't. Ha- I, I haven't yeah. seen. We've talked about it before, like uh, doing uh, Asgardians and Regenerators, and doing you know uh, double damage stop where you can't take a big hit of damage. But they actually kind of do the opposite, right? Just they wait for having taken a bunch of damage. It doesn't matter how they took it, and then all of a sudden they just you know just take it all right back with one good roll. If they get one good offensive roll, Venom or Carnage or both are all the way back up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all they all punish you for failing a lot like Wolverine does in Sabretooth can. Right. But yeah, they're they're really fun to play just cuz I want to just fight people. Like I I'm a very attrition style player and sometimes I want to play web warriors, but most of the time I just want to sit there and beat people up mm-hmm. and that they're really good at that. Even though they don't look good at it. Like they don't look exceptional at really anything, but you put them all together and it's just like an overwhelming force of bulk mm-hmm. that they just it's really hard to push through. 
Uh, so, Parker, what have you been playing lately? Uh, I played some X-Force again. I wanted to see if I could ever get not 19 points, and as it turns out, that's X-Force's actual superpower. They have like cool. <laughs> they have cool stuff on their cards, but really all they mean is you will always get to play 19 points, so you get to play the yeah. entire X-Force. Um, I did find out that, you know, as, as I've been playing a bunch, uh, Jeremy pointed out something. The only character that felt like he wasn't doing like something that I needed to do is uh, Deadpool. Um, I think Deadpool is exactly like a foil for certain kinds of, you know, certain kinds of games that you need him to be a foil for. Um, but most of the time he just does, does a bunch of bangs and he's not that he doesn't do enough damage or much damage. It's just, I, I feel like Domino's got a clear objective. Cable's got a clear objective. Uh, Sabretooth and Wolverine have a clear objective. And Deadpool is just kind of this, like, gopher. Like, he's just kind of a troubleshooter, and he usually just picks up the objective point. I feel like it could be somebody else. There's somebody better. I mean, his job is to hold a centralized objective, really. Yeah. Like, that's kind of his job, because he's always counts as healthy. He can take a decent amount of hits. He's hard to move. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the contester. He's the token contester. Right. Or Sabretooth is, like, your real contester. Right. So I'm not I'm not sure if X Force needs that, but I basically now, now I'm in, uh, now on a mission to continue to play it and just not put Deadpool in a couple times and find out if I'm really missing him. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, I do not know exactly who goes in instead. I actually I, I I know it'll be Mordo when Mordo comes out. I'm really excited. I've said that before. I want Mordo in X Force, and I really want to see how that works. But um, we'll see. Okay, Jeremy, what have you been playing lately? Hmm. Um, not really much. So, um, Sam is dead. I will no longer be playing Sam. Um, basically everything I know about the game is wrong. Um, my understanding of how the game works is wrong. I plan on pulling the rule book out again and kind of going through it and regaining some I'm gonna sort learn, of... I'm going to read the learn to play again. Some sort of uh... structure, some sort of... I need to find some lists online. That way I don't have to take any sort of credit or any sort of like responsibility for my actions or my mm-hmm. thoughts because it's over. It was a good run, though. A couple... Year and a, <laughs> two, two years plus, pretty good. Are you but... saying that the streak continues, Jeremy? No, the streak... I, I, <laughs> okay. I, I didn't... The streak was... This is a different streak. This is... Different streak. <laughs> how many models... <laughs> can be killed KO'd without doing anything um a lot <laughs> it turns out a lot a lot can that can happen how many people. times can Deadpool say bang and kill two people uh, I wasn't no this was even Deadpool. worse everything I know about the game I am certain one of the worst factions in the game uh murdered my list non-stop uh no nothing no punches pulled I could do not a thing and uh, lost on like turn two, essentially. I don't know what to say beyond that. It was, it was horrible. So for full context, so we don't bury the lead, Jeremy and I played a game, and I played Guardians of the Galaxy with Ghost Rider, one of my favorite versions of of Ghost Rider, and uh, Jeremy played his Avengers, and it was the most horrendously one sided. Sorry, it wasn't one sided dice so much as it was just my dice were lighting up just so hard they could do no wrong offensively and so ghost rider was just one shotting black panther why just because he has changed i bet he's done some sort of sin and ghost rider murdered him and <laughs> he then he murdered war machine the next turn well i mean ghost rider's supposed to kill black panther just not quickly 
Right. Like he's not with to kill his him builder. Like turn two or three. Yeah, the builder's not. Not with his builder, Brandon. But he's supposed to die. Like it's it's he's living on borrowed time. I'm just pointing that out. Yeah. Like at some point, Ghost Rider will get tired of his bullshit and just press the delete button and he goes away. Yeah. Uh, turn one, Ghost Rider moves once, uses his builder on Black Panther, and one hits him, one shots him, dazes him. Yeah, dazes him. And, that seems bad. And then uh, top of two, Jeremy was I can't remember who you activated first, but it wasn't Black Panther because you thought Black Panther Black Panther's got a ton of power to spend. He he'll he'll survive. Um, I can't remember who you activated first. It was Captain Falcon because Captain Falcon came up and you thought he was in a bad spot, so you activated Falcon first. He's trying to keep Falcon alive. Oh, by the way, he was trying to keep Falcon alive, so he deep dove Falcon to Rocket Raccoon to see if he could go knock Rocket Raccoon down and Rocket immediately rolled his his trap and trap. and did Killed exactly and yeah and did exactly two damage to Dace Falcon in the middle of Falcon's charge so that was sad <laughs> and then uh because Ghost Rider had plenty of power from the last turn you know with his builder he just penance stared uh, a full health Black Panther and just that was it it was gone instantly now it was penance stare with um, the winging it, the the Guardians of the Galaxy. She had the rerolls. Yeah, yeah. so I, I had some rerolls. So it wasn't it wasn't a perfect roll. I had to reroll more dice, but well, I, I mean, did. He I got should them. die. I yeah. mean, ten, it's ten versus three with it's just ten versus three because mm-hmm. he can't vibranium armor that because it's mystic. Like, yeah, yeah. you sh- you should die. Yeah, that yeah. that should kill him. The obviously the massive unlikely part was um, the builder hitting him with the the builder once and killing him. Yeah. That's that's the absurd part. Yeah. <clears throat> How much sillier was your dice in in your guys's game than mine? Because I know when we played, you had some pretty good attack dice also. Uh, they were much more like, brutal. Yeah. In, in our game. Were they? Yeah. Because so, there was a lot of times you were rolling like more hits than your dice, like consecutive attacks. Yeah. <clears throat> Turn um, three I... where I where I pulled my model was when he killed Wolverine, KO'd him. He got dazed on turn two and then was killed on turn three and I pulled it. Like the fact of you were just I was blanking out on saves and he was rolling yeah. five wounds regularly on everything. Mm-hmm. Or just the exact like it was unbelievable. That was the most one-sided mm-hmm. game I've ever played. It didn't make any sense. Like it made no sense. I was surrounded by two-point fucking models. Black Panther was getting ready to go and do his explosion and flatten all of them. So I was like, okay, at least I'll get that and we'll get back into the game. Nope, no, nope, it didn't happen. I will. I will say on the topic of Guardians because because I said I was playing X Force, but I did play a game of Guardians. Um, I really like that Guardians can just pick like one activation and tr- and try to make that one a really strong activation. And I was blowing on the end of turn three. I had you know, done two tactics cards for uh, winging it and spent the the deadly duo. So I I was using all the tools, but I was I was rolling way over average on my winging it. Like even with yeah. the winging it, I was rolling way over average. I winging it was just making sure that it was five or six damage every time, and that was just I mean it was way too much. I didn't the, need every shot to get it because I was hitting way too many off. Way no, too no, many no. Dice. The the coup de gras that walked me off the board where I was done playing the game with you. Oh yep, and yeah, I, was <laughs> lovable misfit. Everybody else did fuck mm. nothing. Yeah. But what happens 
against Wolverine, you offed Wolverine with two attacks from one with Rocket and one from Groot to just drop yeah. Wolverine from lovable misfits. Nobody else did anything, but the model I hadn't activated yet. Lovable misfits generated two attacks, both of which went into Wolverine and killed him. <laughs> Un fucking believable. Like I'm like, that's it. We're done. I can't I can't do this. We're done. What's the res- I, I have to look this up real quick. I, it's been way too long since I've read this card. I just it, want to know what the possibilities it's, are. It's uh, a hit. So the possibilities are it's an attack. Uh, a sh- I, I'm pulling up right now. Oh, okay. So uh, on a critical or wild, so 25%, they gain. They make an attack that with a cost of zero mm-hmm. or gain two power. So it's a 25% chance you had, what, six models? Yeah. Well, one of them so, wasn't the Guardian, but yeah. Okay, no, so no, you two, only got to play two, it with... Two of them were not Guardians. I only had four Guardians. Okay, so you only got to play it on four people. So one attack is average. You got two. And they both happen to be right next to each other. Yeah. Um, so that's a little lucky. Um, if you roll a hit, uh, enemy characters in three drop their objectives and take a damage. Oh, wait, hold on. No, they don't drop it. If they just are contesting or yeah. holding objectives, they take a damage. And then on a blank or a block... They immediately advance short, and on a skull, uh, them and all characters within two suffer stun. Okay. I remember uh, the card did a bunch of weird shit. I just couldn't remember what exactly. Yeah. But it I, I used... I flipped Deal with the Devil because because Ghost Rider was never going down that game. Because so who cares? Exactly. I flipped. Yeah, I flipped Deal with, I flipped who deal cares? with the Devil. I flipped but Deal with exactly the Devil. But that's exactly like... We talked about this before yeah. the game started, and yeah. you were talking about how you thought Star-Lord's issue was bad. And I was like... It's good if you take the right tactics cards. Like if you mm-hmm. take the the big impact tactics cards that sometimes don't work out. I li- like deal with the devil's a great example. You usually know by turn three if deal with the devil's important. And right. then you can just feed it into the machine. There's like, oh look, he dazed three of my people. I don't need field dressing anymore. Feed it into the machine. Like right. it just it just and we all know from playing War Machine, when you add a lot of dice mod on top of already decent attacks, shit can get out of hand real fast. And so, but in this game, it's less controllable, but it's very volatile. Yeah. So if you just start spiking on rerolls, then stuff just explodes. Um, so, but obviously, yeah. he was still well outside of the ex- expected average. Also, uh, like Nebula's rerolls, she was rerolling like a monster too. Like she didn't KO anybody, but she weakened everyone she touched. Like she did four damage to everyone she touched. Um, yeah, there was a lot of yeah. I, I the thing I really liked about Guardians, and I still like about Guardians, is that. If you uh, you get to use everything you brought with you, like with the tactics cards. So if you if you if for some reason something doesn't work out and you never use tactics cards, I hate it when somebody dazes three of my models and do it in such an order that I can't use. Um, um, sh- shit, well, I'm just field dressing. Field dressing, yeah. I just can't use field dressing, and that bugs the hell out of me. Because now I'm purposely going to look for a way to use field dressing for the rest of the game, and I shouldn't be. I should just forget that it's a card. But with Guardians, you're like, no, I'm just going to turn this into a really effective uh, round for a character that I want to try to, you know, hit harder or live longer or both. So what's, like, the best activation you can do? Can you do, if you don't play Field Dressing, I'm just trying to do some math here. No, I guess you could play Field Dressing. So you could do all you've got comboed with a Deadly Duo and then also throw Winging it on top. And you could burn three Taxes cards to make, like... Uh, what is that? 
six attacks with rocket, mm-hmm. and you'd have re rolls on three of them. Uh, no, be seven attacks potentially if if people are. Still oh, because it's three additional attacks. Right. Mm. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, it's... I want to try that. Oh, uh, yeah, deadly duos. Yeah, Deadly Duo is a great way to make sure that's used offensively. But also, someone like Ghost Rider is great for winging tokens, I found, because he always activates first. Oh, yeah. And then he, he has fantastic attacks. And then if he has one winging token on him, he has also pretty strong defensive line and seven health on the front side. So anybody... We've said this before. Playing... Um, um, Oh, man, I'm blinking out on tactics. Inspiring monologue. Yeah. Playing inspiring monologue on a character psychologically says this character's immune to damage. It's not actually what it says. It just psychologically says that. So having a winging it token on a character, even though it, it's not actually going to save their life, it makes people feel like, oh, well, if I'm looking at two characters I can attack, one of them is Ghost Rider with seven health, and the other one is Okoye, the, and, and Ghost Rider has the winging it token, well, I'm just going to strike Okoye. I'm just going to do it. Um even though maybe it's the absolute wrong thing to do. Um, so I think I, I really like I really like Ghost Rider in, in Guardians, and I, I really like Guardians still. Cool. Not cool. <laughs> Not I didn't. cool. But uh, Jeremy, and I, Jeremy and I talked afterwards. There wasn't, while I did get to use all the stuff the faction does, which, you know, is, is great, um, it doesn't account for the monster dice. Like, the dice were just way over the top alrighty so moving on today um, we're going to do a little bit more raiding uh, so last time we raided the spider foes that had come out recently now we're going to go back and do some of the cabal members that we missed uh, this should be interesting because the cabal members that came out are kind of odd Yeah. Uh, so first off we're going to start with Bob Agent of Hydra who's totally in cabal yes <laughs> Um, Bob, Agent of Hydra, also known as Robert uh, Dubalina, he has three health, um, me- moves medium, size two, and he only costs two. Uh, he has two physical defense, two energy defense, and two mystic defense. His stats are identical on both sides. Uh, he has a Hydra pistol, which is a range three, four dice. Um, after the attack resolved, character only gains one power. Excessive Violence, which is range 4, 9 dice, cost 0. This character may choose this attack only if it has a loaded token. After the attack is resolved, this character loses all loaded tokens. Before damage is dealt, all other characters within range 2 of the target character suffers 2 damage. Before damage is dealt, this character is thrown away from the target character uh, short. This throw is resolved by the player controlling the target character. Then, if this character does not have a dazed token, it suffers 3 damage. Hydra Tactics is a ra- is a two power, um, sorry, two uh, energy cost power. It says choose another uh, allied character within range two of this character. Place this character within one of the chosen character and uh, make it spicy, Bob, which is a eight cost power action. This character gains a loaded token to use for excessive violence. Is bazooka. Uh, he has a passive called Mui Caliente. This character gains one loaded token at the start of the game. Now, on the back side, though his stats are the same, he does have a very interesting new ability. It's a passive called But How. 
If this character does not have an activated token and would be KO'd by having damage tokens placed on it, it gains a damaged, a dazed token instead. During the cleanup phase, when you would normally flip this character's card as a result of a dazed token, it remains on its injured side and the character loses three power. If at any time this is the only character you control, you lose the game. Now, you've played this character a bunch, Brandon. That was a lot of text, but what does it basically mean? Yeah, so this is actually very complicated, uh, the way this works. Um... So because you're on your backside, uh, you don't flip the card, but other than that, it's resolved as if you were dazed. And so you would normally just remove the dazed token and all negative effects and all damage tokens. So just like normally when you when you would flip, then you're still going to clear off all that negative stuff, but you just don't turn the card over. If they didn't put the section in there where you lose three power, he would just keep gaining power every time you dazed him again. Mm -hmm. And so they put that in there basically to counteract the fact that you're gaining power for taking damage, even though you have basically infinite health. And so that's to counteract that. Um, you literally cannot kill him unless he's already activated or you play some kind of effect that just says KO a character, like deal with the double. Um, another fun tactic you can do is if you have an action to use or a lot of power, you can use like a combination of Hydro Tactics and a move to place yourself in base contact with one of your opposing characters before firing the missile in an opposite direction. They're forcing yourself to be thrown into their other character, which is pretty funny. I've actually gotten it to happen one time to where that same person was within range two of the original target. And so they took the collision and two damage. And th so basically they're two people within range two of each other, but Bob's standing in the middle of the table because he's Bob and he's immortal. You just spend one move action to move between them and you shoot one of them and the other one takes, like, you know, dodge plus two, which is pretty funny. That is adorable. My record is 16 damage with one attack. <laughs> and it Me wasn't like I, I rolled 16 hits. I dealt 16 damage that was marked on cards, not counting overflow. I shot Storm. She took five from the shot. I threw myself into Valkyrie. She blanked out on the dodge, took five. And then uh, Magneto, Sabretooth, and who is the other character? Um, Mystique, I think. And they all took two from the explosion as well. How are they all that close? That was just... Because like we were fighting over the stupid uh, research station mission. Oh. So you point blank somebody. And I got... I got priority, so I was like, advance, die, and he just, he dazed three people. <laughs> like, it's like, get wrecked. It's called excessive violence. That yeah. sounds right. Now, And that's when Jason posted his models online for sale. So, did you, um, was he on his healthy side then? So, you, he didn't? Yes. Okay, so he, he dazed himself as well. Right, but he didn't. It's impossible for him to make the attack and not be dazed. Right, but he wasn't on his uh, he wasn't on his dazed side, so he was he was vulnerable. Because that's the one way to kill him is if he activates first, you can then kill him. No, right? You, uh, you can't. So, uh, Is that how it works. When he does his excessive violence while injured, it's during his activation, so he does not yet have an activated token. So by shooting, he dazes himself, making himself immune to any effects. Oh, okay. and so uh, you would have to have him activate and not use excessive violence. And then kill him yeah. is the only way to get him off the board. Okay. Which you obliged me. Te technically, game. he never actually dies. You just lose the game. Yeah. Bob's still actually alive. Yeah. <laughs> Your opponent just achieves victory. I was going to say, you, you did oblige me one game because you 
you gave you get Bob activated shot somebody with a pistol to give me exactly four power, and then mm-hmm. and then he was on his already on his injured side, and then I act then I res then I uh, uh why can't I remember tactics cards today? That's the uh, you're really bad at words. I don't know. It's the tactics card thing. The med pack. No, it was uh, the one that resurrects someone. <laughs> I can't remember. Field dressing. I know this. Field dressing. Climbing, climbing gear. Yep. So I then I used field dressing on somebody next to next to Bob. He woke up and killed Bob. You were sad. <laughs> you were like, why why for I do that? Why did I do that? Yeah, this character is um when we first started playing, we thought he was over the top broken. Like he is having a model that cannot die is just a whole new level of bullshit in this game. Mm-hmm. It but you have to kind of change it's like when you first start playing against Modoc and Magneto and you're like what you can just choose to not get thrown and you're like yes I can choose to not get thrown and you're like well this is broken like you just don't like don't know how to deal with it until you finally take the time to like start like creating new ways of making them ineffective <clears throat> alright I think we're ready for some numbers yes do it alright offense uh, so I'm going first uh, because I always go first I don't actually think Bob does that much damage because when you're looking at probably, I think I've reloaded the gun one time and shot it and I played him in probably 20, 30 games. It's very difficult to get that to happen. Uh, now he does do a lot of damage all at once, but I've also had him basically blank out on the attack and it does like two damage. Mm. Um, I'm going to say he's like a three because if you count his damage over the course of a game, it's very lackluster. But he does, because he does so much of his damage on one turn, so it's hard to give a proper value to it, right? And the fact that just making the attack means you're down a character for contesting purposes, that's that's pretty noticeable. So what do you guys think? I think you make a pretty good argument. Um, I think having a basically a free one strength nine attack, though, is maybe a little mm-hmm. better than a three, maybe a four just because it is going to happen it is a strength Mm -hmm. nine and it's pretty much whenever you want it's that one time i mean that's that's better than some characters it's better than black panther did black panther definitely does more damage than bob (laughs) not versus guardians not versus not versus uh uh i'm fine with a four i think a four is probably fair I, i i was gonna say uh a four because um the two damage on the aoe means that you you can count on it, right? It's auto damage. Auto damage in this game is is excellent, but two auto damage—that's a quarter of some people's health. That's half that, of that's some characters' dec- health. That's a decent amount of damage. Parker, can you move your fucking cursor? Cursor. Are you you're in the document, right? Oh, I see. Is that what's wrong? What's wrong? There we go. For some reason, it defaulted the text color to black, which is really stupid. Or to white, I mean. Why are you fighting me, computer? Okay. Alright, so Bob got a four on offense. Moving on to defense. This is going to be the tricky part. So how do you give a model... That's defense twos with three health, a ten on defense. Because he has resurrection. Because he has cannot die printed on his card. Yeah, he's never yeah, die. Yeah, as long as he, as long as you don't do something, and you just walk him right into death's door, it, he literally can't be eliminated, right? 
I have had Thanos KO'd in more games than I've had Bob KO'd. Yeah. Can he get a 10? Well, because it's not, like, he doesn't, he's not, the problem is we're, we're rating, like, survivability, right? Like, he's impossible to kill, but you can make him ignorable every turn. Like, dazing him is so easy that, like, he literally does it to himself by accident. And so, like, how do you rate that? I don't know. Well, because like you can't contest a point with him because he just gets dazed. But then he's back next turn. He's he's more annoying than than like but tough. He does require an attack. Remember, like in this game, with unless you have some weird thing going on with the character, you you have maximum twelve attacks to make of any character, and that's if they never move or do anything else. So he just takes one of those away from your opponent in order to eliminate him, and it's not necessarily eliminated. It's not 100% chance. So, that's I've not that's dropped him in many games with one attack. It's taken me two before. Yeah. yeah, it's the rocket problem. Like, even though his stats are really bad, it's still hard to generate enough to hits to get past any defense. Like, most attacks, it's pretty easy to just do two hits randomly, and they're like, well, I can't kill you. Like, the average attack roll is, what, three? Like, it's not hard for him to survive a three hit. Uh, but I don't think we could rate him lower than a seven. But he's not. He's not a... A lot of defensive characters are, like, great options to, like, give objectives to. He's the opposite of that, right? Yeah. So, like... I would give him a ten with an asterisk of, like, as long as you mean just technically be alive, he gets a ten. Yeah. But, like, he can't contest. It's It would be, like... Nebula, like, what if Nebula had this rule? Would we still say she's a ten, or would we say she's an eight? Because Nebula can't contest anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you're just assuming that Bob cannot contest, then he gets a ten. But if you're worried about defense being a way to contest an objective, then he gets like a three. I mean, he's always going to be on the objectives that you're going to have to, like, as an opponent sacrifice something to go deal with him and be there to actually contest so i i don't think it matters i i think that the model's probably been dazed anyway that's going to be contesting who's going to waste a fresh model on that guy like no that's yeah not... i mean the odds are that you're going to have attacked at some point with your rockets you're going to be injured so you basically don't contest anyway mm-hmm. you're just going to score if they ignore you yep i i think it's i think he's a 10 with an asterisk i i think i think you're right on that I don't think he's a standard Thanos 10 or whatever. Like, yeah. it's a different value. Yeah. Parker, what do you think? Um, does he have a What do you think defense? the spirit of the defense value is, the defense yeah. rating? Does he have a perfect defense? Like, if, if Thanos uh, had 600 hit points, would, like, he would be impossible to kill. But, like, it, would it matter? It's like, you say, all right, I can't kill you. I'm just going to stop trying. Like, move on. Mm-hmm. That's how I already treat Thanos. Yeah, Thanos is <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna move on. Uh I think yeah, I think uh I think it has to be like a nine point nine nine, right? Because basically he has one chink in his armor, which is exactly this one thing. If he if you can kill him after he's activated on his injured side, that's the only way to remove him from the game. You can functionally remove him by like constantly dazing him, but that that's a serious tax. If you had a character on the board that said if another character is within three of this character, it must be attacked once, but nothing happens to the game state, <laughs> except this character can't contest objectives. If, if yeah, Here you go. If you made a character that said, this character cannot contest or uh, gain objective points. However, all characters must attack this ca- at least once <laughs> every turn. You'd be like, damn, that seems kind of awesome. Like, 
Well, I think that's part of the survivability is they look at Bob and they just go, what's the point? And they just don't attack him. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's actually bad to attack him sometimes. So like, let's say you do two damage. Well, you just gave him power and now you have to attack him again or it's pointless. Like, right. ugh. Yeah, I think it's got to be a 10. I think he's a 10. And I think it's, it's, I think most people understand when they read the 10. Like, there are ways to get him dead, but it's almost always through misplay, which is, we're not really counting because, yeah, mm. everyone dies if you play them badly. Mm. Like Black Panther. Yeah, it's, it's just so hard. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely all play. <laughs> Jeremy's going to rage monster <laughs> through this. <laughs> Jeremy, the face you just made is just kind of like. Can't, can I kill him from here? <laughs> I'm going to attempt to use my Modoc mind blast on Parker through the screen. Yeah. All right. Uh, mm. Next up is going to be support. Uh, he doesn't support, so that's a no. one. Control. Uh, he actually does not control either, so that's a one. Yeah. He keeps you from Moving bunching on. up. Yeah. yeah. Is he a blaster or is he a tank? Tank. I think he's, he's a blaster. He's a blaster. All right, so how do you rate a four ten one one blaster? <laughs> Which is so weird because he should be a ten four one one, not a four ten one one. Yeah, anyone who's played Bob, they initially go, "Oh, this guy's going to do so much damage." They play him one game, they're like, "Okay, he does zero damage, but he's impossible to kill." <laughs> like it's so weird. Uh, I'm going to open the bidding at a seven. I very much like Bob. I think Bob is a great addition to most rosters. Just from the concept that if your opponent doesn't know how to play against Bob, they're going to waste so many of their precious activations wasting their time trying to deal with him when they should just probably ignore him. Um, it's interesting you say seven. That I guess here's one of the things is he doesn't have like protect he doesn't like have a cool ability where he re-rolls against a certain target he doesn't have a range five like the, uh, one of the things about all the characters in the game is they are also oh, all the two pointers is they all have some really obvious role um mm -hmm. and bob is not bob's really obvious role is you know uh what's the word a uh, circuitous right like like you said you play him you're like oh man i'll get to do this really cool attack and then you realize that's actually not why you took bob you took bob because he never dies and that's a weird thing to put on the game board um mm -hmm. i think one of the things about him is i don't know when you reach for bob except if you're like i really just want somebody to never die so and when you, do you, you want played that? armada so you'll understand this analogy yeah. but the activation in armada is very similar to this game except there's no passing so if your opponent has seven activations and you have three, they can just send their three worst people in that cost basically nothing. Then you have to walk into your opponent while they go with all their good people after you've already gone. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of translates to this situation a little bit. It does. And Bob is an additional activation on the table that is not worthless because he can do damage in very important spots and he can hold and contest objectives. So if your opponent, if you outnumber your opponent and they don't have the time to deal with Bob, Bob can go collect an objective, move on to a secure point, and if anybody walks over, he can shove a rocket up their ass. Like he's got <laughs> options. Right. But really, why he's there is for the activation order. He's there so you can send somebody in that you don't care about losing. It's like, hey, look, I ran Bob to this side flank. Would you like to send Wolverine over there to deal with him? Because by that, I mean literally to do nothing for the rest of the game. He's like, I guess. Like, <laughs> like what's the point? Like, if you have to commit a, a three or a four point model to deal with Bob, I'm winning. So that's kind of how I see Bob. He's like a tempo piece. Yeah. Hmm. 
I two point models are the two point, you know, slot. You're like, okay, I need to grab a two point model. I'm just not sure where Bob fits. I mean, I like, I, I you sold him pretty good there. Um, I'd say five. I put him right up there with like Nebula and Okoye. I think he's one of like the three that should be considered in pretty much every list. Mm hmm. I'll, I'll go six then. Six. Parker, what's your number? I actually want all I want to say is six as well because um, I think players are gonna look at him and even after they play him, they're gonna they're gonna still ask the question like, why do I want this? I think he's one of those super high skill cap characters. Um, I think that's probably true. It feeds. It's like this like snake eating its tail situation because it's like okay, how do you deal with Bob? And you spend all these resources trying to figure out how to deal with Bob, but he still kind of does his thing anyway. And so then you move to step two, which is completely ignore him. But when you completely ignore him, he starts becoming more effective because he's able to participate in the game. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, all right, well, now I got to deal with Bob again. And so you just like this just keeps going in a circle of trying to deal with Bob, failing, giving up, him being amazing, yeah. going back to trying to deal with him. And it's just like this never ending circle of like trying to get it just right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I really enjoy playing him. I don't know that there's an answer. It's, it's like this weird like puzzle. It's like, I don't know how Bob fits into the game or why I like playing him, but every time I play with him, I'm always happy I do. Anyway, though, we gave him a six. Moving on. Uh, next up is Mr. Sinister, yet another very strange, odd character. Yeah. Cabal's full of them. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The new ones are. The old ones used to be super simple. Yep. Uh, so All right. Let's go. Mr. Sinister is also known as Nathaniel Essex. He has six health on the front side and five on the back. Otherwise, his stats are identical with medium movement, three size, a four-cost character. He has three physical defense, three energy defense, and four mystic defense. He has an energy strike that gains him power equal to the damage dealt. It is range three and five dice. He has genetic splicing, which is a beam four, five dice for one power. It's a mystic that also has genetic extraction. After each attack is resolved, this character gains one genetic sample token. He uses that for other effects. He has a Mystic Recombinant Disintegration Spender. It costs six with six dice area um, uh, to be determined because the X. range of this attack is equal to the number of genetic samples he currently has. He, if, if on Recombinant Disintegration he rolls a crit, wild, and hit, you get genetic bursts. After this attack is resolved, each enemy character within range of this attack also suffers one damage on top of anything else. He has a power called Engineer Perfection. It costs zero. It removes any number of the sample tokens from his character. Remove one special condition from this character for each sample token removed. This superpower can only be used once per turn. Genetic Negation, which is a one-cost power. Choose an enemy character within three of this character. Remove one genetic sample token. If you do, the chosen enemy character gains root special condition. Such fun little playthings for two power is another one of his activation. Another one of his uh, active superpowers. Choose an enemy character within range three and advance that character short. This superpower can be used only once per turn. Molecular regeneration. It's a zero cost power. If this character would suffer damage, it may use the superpower. Remove any number of genetic sample tokens from this character. Reduce the amount of damage suffered by one for each genetic sample removed. Finally, he has a passive called DNA Database. This character may have a maximum of three genetic sample tokens at any time. And he also flies, which is actually kind of uh, funny. I did not realize he had flight, because in no comic book I have ever seen him fly. That's very interesting. He, he's depicted in a lot of places like floating just off the ground, but yeah, he, yeah. he doesn't use it 
aggressively a lot. Yeah. He might just have levitate, and they just call it flight. That's really interesting. Like, I don't know. In every modern, in my favorite, like modern version of Mister Sinister, he does not fly ever for any reason. Mm-hmm. Even his clones don't fly. That's very interesting. Why the game? That's funny. Well, it's like X Men. Like fucking everybody that's a mutant can fly. Yeah. For, like no apparent reason, and then randomly Angel, whose superpower is to fly. Yeah. It's like, bitch. There's like nine people on your fucking team that have this ability. Uh-huh. But I can pick up dudes and carry them to places. <laughs> but wings. What if it's raining? My wings get all wet. <laughs> all right. Uh, so anyway, uh, important thing on here. I don't know if you noticed on his strike. After this attack is resolved, the char- this character gains one power for each hit dealt. Oh, yeah. Is that, 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 that's, that was that's a, a misprint. That's, a that's misprint. supposed to be the damage symbol. Right. Um, there's a couple other small things, uh, but I don't think they're worth going into right now. Uh, I love this guy. I was kind of on the fence when he first came out, cause, but man, this guy is awesome. I horribly misread his reactive ability, Molecular Regeneration, when it first came out. I thought it said, you can spend one when taking damage or reduce damage to a minimum of one. That is, in fact, exactly the opposite of what it says. You can yeah. spend any number to prevent that many. Yes. Uh, very good. Uh, he's he's great. Um yeah, I just I don't know what else to say about him. He's it's you kind of just got to see it happen. Like he is so impossible to kill one v one because he ends up with a bunch of damage reduction and he has mind control. He can walk people off of points. Uh, the root is not nothing. There's some matchups where one power and a genetic sample is super worth it mm-hmm. because there's characters like Magneto, for example. Like start doing the math on Magneto when he has to spend three to up his defense and spend an additional one to throw stuff, it does not work. Like, that, mm. that kid is bad. Yeah. He basically turns Magneto into Ebony Maw, and it all of a sudden, nothing works. <laughs> it's like, why is all my shit too expensive? You turned into a shitty gray alien. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Yeah, it. he's awesome. Uh, you also, like, obviously getting in a game where you have the ability to move people around, it lets mm-hmm. you line up his beam four a lot easier. And when you're getting multiple beam fours a turn you can start hitting two or three people each time and then you just end up with this silly amount of genetic tokens. And it's it's basically impossible to do anything about it. Well, you mean silly, you mean three, but he's spending them... Three per attack. Right, but he's got... Because if you have a bunch of power, like let's say they run up and hit you and you end up with a decent amount of power. And then next turn, you're like, all right, cool. Mind control this guy in, throw out the genetic splicing, root all three of you, throw out another genetic splicing, I have three tokens, your turn. Right. And you're like, uh, I attack you, I prevent all the damage, your turn. And you're like... Uh, like I'm rooted and I'm not gaining power because he's preventing all of my damage. Yeah. So I'm not gaining power back to use for other abilities. Mm -hmm. It just, it's really weird. Like he can get you into this, like, like fucking death spiral of no power. And it's really odd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, The genetic negation is not once per turn. You just use it as many times as you want. He definitely is going to use it. And of course, I think we can't really start raiding him without talking about his, like he has a set of tactics cards that he's like he's one of those characters that kind of that may or may not belong in a in, a, in Guardians of the Galaxy kind of like Ghost Rider with uh, Deal with the Devil his yeah. his cloning that you know and all and the ability to just add a character to the game is such an awesome you know go big card if it goes big it's just amazing um it def- kind of defines him it's hard to talk about him without talking about that card another way to use the genetic tokens it's like Deal with the Devil you have to consider it when you're considering the character right. 
so the way I look at it, there's basically Mr. Sinister, the character, and there's Mr. Sinister, the faction. And you have to pick which one you're going to play every game. If you if you have the cards in your tactics pool, which is going to be a lot easier once they get their 10 slots going. Mm-hmm. But even right now, like it's not impossible to throw them in, but you have to play them both. There's the uh, cloning vat, and then there's the forced extraction, yeah. I believe it's called. Cloning banks, technically, and forced extraction. Cloning banks. Yeah. Cloning banks and forced extraction. It, you have to play them both, there's no question. And it's best when you play them with characters that can heal, like Wolverine, Sabretooth, Lizard, stuff like that. When you can just be like, oh, or like Deadpool's a good example too now. Like mm-hmm. Force Extraction, like I take no damage and get three genetic samples. And basically the way those cards work is you, on turn three, get to make a three-point character. That's how they work. They're designed to work that way. Any other way of using them is very inefficient. Yeah. Um, that being said, there's a lot of good three-point models that like being wherever you want. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, Valkyrie is a pretty popular one. Miles is okay. Uh, I actually, I just realized Cloning Banks would be really bad in Guardians because unlike Duel with the Devil, which is a great card that sits there like as a big boogeyman, you know you're using Cloning Banks. Like, you're planning on it. So I was actually going to disagree with that. Oh, I really? think it's a good like total fake out turn one. Ooh. But it depends on who you're playing against because it's kind of hard to describe. The way cloning banks works is you want to have an early way to generate the genetic sample tokens. So one way we started counterplaying it was you just don't move anyone near Mr. Sinister until after he's like decided if he's going in for cloning banks, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, Mr. Sinister starts over here. He plays like he can play force extraction if he wants, but basically you're just going to like everyone staying the hell away from him. Your turn, and it's like anyone that moves just moves to the other side of the board for Mister Sinister to make him decide if he's going to use force extraction or not. And then once he uses it, it's kind of whatever. It's like once he activates, okay, now I can move people over there. But so basically, what happened is nobody would move near him until after he's played force extraction. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm going to make you play force extraction turn one because there was actually ways you could set it up to get the three tokens on turn one without playing force extraction. And if that happens, then turn two it just happens. So there's nothing you can do about it. Right. It's really annoying. Anyway. So so it's with all the Jeremy changes in the game, um, his stock goes way up. He his um, kind of crappy bow because it only does one character. That's mm-hmm. going to be universal. Like everybody's just going to be able to yeah. do that. I mean, he's. It's not going to be bad. Well, I don't think it's bad right now. People that were bowing multiple times, like obviously it's a very powerful effect. That's that's really good. But if you're relying on that to win, then I think... I mean, obviously, it shouldn't work that way. It was way too yeah. strong, right? For two power so. to move two guys and take the point. Anyway, so his stock went way up with that. Um, you can't beat having a, a range three energy attack as his primary. Good lord. The strike, yeah. Mm-hmm. And his ability to live forever. Like, he is, to me, the perfect four-point model. He's not point and click. He's got cool things he can do. He's four points. He feels like four points. Like, you know, a couple big attacks, and he, he will go down. I mean, that's how you get him. Some big, humongous attacks. But he's going to do exactly Well, the good thing want. about him, too, all of his shit's ranged. Like, his lowest mm-hmm. range attack is three. Like, he doesn't need to get up in the middle of it. So right. you're generally moving to get to him. And if you have an ability like charge, like, he can not only move you away, but also rooted you if he wants to, if he ends up with enough tokens. And so it's really costly for you to come get him. Um, and I I love uh, Engineer Perfection. Uh, I I'm really excited to play Blade. Sorry. Oh darn it! Dang it! That's that's two thirty two. Darn it! How 
I even said to someone out loud, not even on this podcast the other day, I called him Dom Pierre. <laughs> and, <I, laughs> and they're like, who? Yeah. Uh, it's like, Ugh. But I'm actually really excited to play the... I, this This is what, how tired I am. Uh, this is how... I'm really excited to play the Dom Pierre because he, he drops a condition. I Because I hate... It's so inefficient when you have to drop a condition in order to make a game plan work because you want to make sure you're leveling all those actions you know, out of your opponent. You want You don't want to have to take time for anything else. And I love that he can be using, like you said, if he double taps genetic splicing, you know, he's going to be able to dump some of those tokens into, into roots. But he's also just saying, I don't want to be stunned. I don't want to be poisoned. I don't want yeah. to be, I just, I'm not going to do Let me get rid things. of this bleed. Let me get rid of this slow. Let me yeah. get rid of this, like, yeah. you know, incinerated. Like, there's a lot of negative effects that end up mattering in a lot of games. Right. Uh, and for the uh, the rooting i keep talking bringing up the rooting i think it's his worst ability but it's it's valid it needs to be used and people just ignore it mm-hmm. imagine how powerful it would be when your opponent's like well i'll just because when your opponent spends power they're planning their next activation into that like how many yeah. times have you seen someone like uh magneto or quicksilver end their turn with exactly the power they need to use their reactive ability and you walk up to quicksilver and you're like rooted would you like to, to can't catch me away? Oh, too bad you don't have four power. Right. And they're like, ugh. And then you kill them because right. they were planning on using this ability also, that they now cannot. Yeah. Also, or like a bodyguard person. Like yeah. three power to bodyguard. Also, totally ha- changed the situation out of nowhere. Yeah, Sorry, uh, no, I was going to say, also, if somebody has low on power at the start of a turn or at the start of the game, and they're going, okay, I'm going to move up and do my builder on Mr. Sinister to get some power. Um, because he rooted me, <laughs> and now I and now I have to get some. I have to get more power to use to just to, to do something like my um, uh, uh, my power up, like Carnage's new ability gives him extra dice, or Good God Black Bolt, or some horrible thing. Yeah. And so and so I'm going to give myself extra dice, or give myself re rolls, or whatever it is. And then you he spent one uh, token on uh, a root, and then he has two more tokens sitting on him, and you're like, oh shit. Is this builder going to do three damage? It's got no to do three damage. Literally and, and impossible. That's and that's what you're talking about. How on his card it doesn't say impossible to one v one, but when you put him on the board, you're like, shit, this guy. Yeah. He is so hard. A lot of the characters in the game that are going to count on some power to get it done, he just really they're going to struggle against Sinister. Um, it's it's even worse than that, I think, because we've talked about the rooted and we talked about the reducing incoming damage. But also, he's got the the mind control, the, right. the bow effect. So, yeah. if you're coming in and you don't have a charge mechanic, or even if you do, the rooted is basically going to make that un- un- unreasonably expensive. Mm-hmm. So you can rooted them and walk them away. And so now, what's their option? Shake and walk. And yeah. the next turn, you rooted them and walk them away again. And they're like, I can't do this anymore. Like, what's yeah. your option? It's yeah. like I'm gaining zero power. I'm gaining one power a turn, and that's both my actions. Like, what is happening? Yeah. It's like you just can't do anything. He just puts you in this black hole of energy that you can't afford to do anything. Yep. What's funny and- is there's so many there's so many bad guys in the game. Like Sinister with all his powers, like he feels like such a dickhead. Like yeah. when you play him, he's <laughs> he like, go over there. Everyone yeah, line yeah. up. I'm gonna put a yeah. beam over you. Fuck you all. And right, he's right, got right, this right. this fucking <laughs> shit eating grin on his face the yeah. whole time. He's uh-huh. like laughing at you while he's fucking you over. In, in, it's like I'm gonna fucking strangle you. In the comics, in the comic, we were talking about it every once in a while. Oh, sorry, not every once in a while. A lot of the characters in this game ooze the comic flavor. In the comics, X Men are constantly just grinding their teeth 
when they fight Sinister because he doesn't mm-hmm. just like fight them. He he makes them feel bad. <laughs> like he just he's just like <laughs> he mocks them. He, yeah, it's mocking the entire time. He is he's always falling out of a helicopter with both fingers, you know, and <laughs> as he goes down and you're and you're just like and then the helicopter explodes and you it's always he's always an asshole about it. He's never it's never I'll get you next time. It's always just like I've already got you. Peace out. Like <laughs> and oh, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Yeah. I like I like him a lot. Uh I don't play him as much as I probably should cuz there he while being a complete rogue agent kind of model, like he doesn't need help to really function. He doesn't necessarily synergize with every list. Although maybe he would work in spider foes. Maybe I need to start trying him in spider foes. That could be fun. Mm-hmm. I think he makes the best criminal in the, like the game. Like he's oh he's, he's a really real good criminal. Yeah. yeah, he likes stealing people's jeans. Yeah. Also, right. also uh, in in criminals, um, criminals actually has usually has the space to drop in his other cards. If you wanted to do his cards, Criminals is a place yeah. that you might be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think the genetic cloning concept, like list with Sinister, is the less good of the two. Mm-hmm. But it does work, and it's fairly consistent, in my right. opinion. If you know what you're doing, it's going to be really hard to stop you from making that clone. Could you imagine uh, Sinister dropping Groot into your list while you're playing Criminals, and your opponent's just like, ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I want... Or uh, lizard, lizard's also a yeah. Or, yeah lizard, or lizard just appears and throws somebody, yeah. and you're like, God damn it! Yeah. Like, <laughs> lizard appears and takes three damage off of Sinister and puts it on himself, uh-huh. and you're like, Ugh! Yeah. Like, it's like, go away! Nobody likes you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess you couldn't do that because Sinister's. I think they both have to be spider foes. Yeah, oh, yeah well. I think you're right. Okay, that would be funny. Let's, let's, anyway, uh, we love this guy. We love the, this guy. We got to give him numbers. Let's get to the numbers. Yeah. Uh, so offense, um, while he's not like leading the pack on offense, he definitely does more damage than you would think uh-huh. because uh, he's got the range three strikes so he can do it from really far away. Um, it's a good energy type. And then he's got a beam four mystic attack. Uh, while mystic's not necessarily the best damage type, it's always really good or really bad. And so he's got the two best damage types just available at all times. They're both better than range two. So that's great. Um, doesn't have any action economy uh, for himself. Uh, I would say he has the the bow effect to bring people in, but all of his attacks are the same range as his bow, so that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think I'd probably start with a six. Having a beam four as a as a one cost attack is really good. Um, there's also something to be said about uh, some people, some characters. When you flip them over, they don't have any way to use that eight power. Like eight power, what are you gonna mm-hmm. do with that eight power? He'll definitely get to use that eight power with recombinant disintegration, like an a th- yeah. like a three with six dice on all of them. Yeah, it costs six, but there's a good chance you're gonna get um, a, a damage. No, this is actually something I was curious about with the genetic burst. You have to roll a crit, a wild, and a hit, but a three means you are probably gonna roll that three times. Does do yeah. do all characters take a damage? If you do it three times, if you end up rolling... Every attack, each enemy in range, including the target, takes one damage. Every time you roll the dice. So so if there was four people in range and you triggered it four times, they would each take the result of their attack and four additional damage. Yeah, like that's... That's that's, that's de- a lot. That's deceptively insane amount of damage. You do That's have, a lot of nuts. Yeah, if you... Uh, how many times have you rolled a hit a while in a crit? I mean, it happens. 
Um, it does happen on like six dice attacks. It's not super common, right? But, like we were talking about the other day, like I hit rampage four out of four. Like that's right. incredibly devastating. It's like twelve extra damage. Yeah, like that's crazy amount of damage. Yeah. but on this one because it's so big, AOE three is huge. It's, it's enormous. Like the majority of the play area. Right. Yeah, it's very annoying. By the way, he has probably one of the coolest injured side artworks. There's just like holes dug in him that he's yeah. like slowly healing up. It's uh-huh. so cool. Anyway, uh, so I said six, I think. I, yeah, I think I said six. What do you guys think? So I'm going to throw something in there. Um, mm-hmm. So using his tactics cards, how much value is slinging a Valkyrie out of a pot at your opponent yeah. as extra damage? I don't actually think it's that great. Um, I think the, the best play out of it right now, I, I meant to talk about this earlier, but I got distracted. I think the best play right now is Quicksilver. Because Quicksilver can show up, go anywhere, do anything, and play his can I borrow that card to steal an objective. Like, imagine if your opponent has priority. Their first order of business is summoning a Quicksilver, who then moves across the board and steals the, like, Kree power core from your guy. And then runs away. And you're like, uh, this game is completely turned on its head. Like, like it's a completely different situation now. But anyway... I don't actually value the person coming out of the pot very much because um, the 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 cost of resources to get that character in the game, it really feels like you pay for. Yeah. Every time I summon him, yeah, it's cool and it's nice to be able to like make a game time decision on who you need. But realistically, I haven't had it happen and I've been like, well, I probably would have lost the game had I not summoned this character. It's never really come up that way. I'm just like, now that I've played him without those cards for a while, I feel like it's a it's an even trade for the most part. Like, the extra genetic tokens and extra power you're going to have throughout the course of the game, you're not going to constantly be trying to make the thing happen. You can just do whatever the best thing is at the time. I think it's probably a little bit better to just play him without it. But the, the ability to choose that three-point character in the middle of a game is pretty powerful. So without that, um, I'm going to include the bow and the genetic splicing and go with four six as well. The ability to well, throw a beam. You said six, right? I said six, yes. So that's why I give him a six. He can line up a crazy beam. Like, he can just do it. Okay. That's pretty nuts. Um, I, I, think, he, I think he's a six also because he has the ability to roll a ton of dice in a single turn, but... Between you know late game, he's, he's he can roll the big AOE around himself. Or, you know mid game, if he's ignored, he's going to be able to line up the beams. Um, but he doesn't fix them in any way. He just rolls a lot of he rolls a lot of attacks consistently. Um, and he he is very power hungry in most factions, but in Cabal, yeah, if he's getting one every time he hurts somebody, that can add up real fast on a beam four. Yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely an option. All right, moving on to defense. I think this is actually his best stat. Um, his three three four stat line with eleven hit points does not do him justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, combination of all of his debuffing people and repositioning them helps a little bit, but the the damage reduction on that molecular regeneration that I don't know how to put it into words if you haven't seen it happen. It just imagine he has nine extra hit points. Like it's at least. Like, he gets at least that much extra per game. Yeah. 
it's non-dice based, non-bottom line, right? He doesn't need dice to make it happen. Like it's He has like Hulk level hit points right. because of the damage reduction. But the best part is you get to dial it in. You you get to yep. see the dice and everything happen. You're like, oh, I was going to take two. Now prevent it. Like, uh, or it's like, I'll take the damage because I want the power. Like you right. get the choice. Yep. Or you can save it. Like, oh, if this attack does damage, X happens. Like Wolverine's Berserker Brush. Well, I don't want to get thrown. So I'll just save all my tokens for that attack. Right. And you get the choice. That it's like your opponent can't like beat it out of you with other attacks. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. Oh, by the I way. I gotta say. By the way, it says would suffer damage. It does not say from an attack. It's from anything. Yes. yes. It is from anything. Which is. Which means on gamma futs. radiation or the gamma wave mission, he can just stand out in the middle of nowhere for as long as he wants. And yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. There's so many things in this game that say just take a damage. Guess, and, and Once he has yeah. some tokens, he can. Or just throws, just just throws. He bought, you know, yeah. he's you bought, and unlike unlike brace for impact, he uh, you can see the roll first. He's, yeah, you roll or like venom. Venom counterattacks you and does like four damage on a we are venom. Nah, I'll take one. Heal one. Yep. And you're like, oh, well, that's different. Yep. That was not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think he's a seven. Maybe even an eight, but I think seven is fair. I, I think eight would be a hard stretch just because he can get one-shotted if he doesn't have any tokens. Like, if you spend all your stuff being aggressive and you just get randomly dice spiked, he is vulnerable to that. But that's about the only time you're going to get rid of him in an easy way. Mm-hmm. We'll call it being Black Panthered for the record. <laughs> Anytime you get can unjustifiably we, wait, why, why do we call it we that? Call should, it we, should we call it being Ghost Ridered? Shouldn't that be what it I is? Yes. Well, the thing happened to Black Panther, yeah. so I don't know. Sure, we can call it Ghost Rider. It's Ghost Panthered. Ghost. Getting ghosted. Yeah, just getting ghosted. Because you also, you turn into a ghost. Yeah, I like that, getting ghosted. Getting ghosted. I hate I think, both. <laughs> I, I, think, <laughs> I didn't do anything. Uh, it was Parker. I, I, actually, I, I actually want to give him more than a seven because of how consistently he controls it. And the only time you're doing anything else with his token is to get to uh, keep him more alive with with removing uh, conditions like bleed and like it, bleed is one of those things that we actually we've talked about like it's it's a way to you know the toughest characters in the game if they have bleed on them they'll actually be more mortal right it does actually mm-hmm. make a it big actually difference adds up on them more than most people right but this character is one of those super tough to kill characters and he's also going to be functionally immune to bleed so uh, I I actually think he's more of an eight because he's one of the only hyper defensive characters in the game that also shakes some of the main ways to deal with hyper defensive characters in the game with no penalty. I like it a lot. I, I think he's an eight. I'll go the other direction. Well, I'm all here. I'm all here for number creep. Um, I'm I'm the other direction. I think it's a six for the reasons of oh. he can be gang banged. Like big hits are one thing, but you put two two dudes on him, he could probably he can go down. Like. He's going to have to use well, those who, fucking who tokens. Who doesn't go down if you put two people into them? Thanos. Thanos actual <laughs> tough models. Corvus. Yeah, Thanos is a 10. Corvus goes down you put two people on him. Not with the reality stone. Not generally. Yeah, he does. No. I don't think so. You so th- you think you need to put three people into Corvus to kill him? Not need, but sometimes. And we consider... Well, yeah, bad dice are the exception. We're not counting bad dice. Like... Technically speaking, Bob could roll 18 hits against you and one shot Thanos. Like, that's not going to happen. I'm just saying the three, couple, like a range guy, like a couple things can happen. I, I'm just saying he's not immortal. Like, there's models that I consider tougher than him. I put him as a six. 
You can call it a seven. It's your it's your number. No, I'm gonna put it at an eight just to spite you. It's my number. I don't care what you do. We gave Loki a seven. Why? Oh, because he has rerolls. He has the runaway. The runaway. And the thing. runaway. He's as tough as Loki. I'll give you that. Groot got an eight. I think he's in line with Groot. Hmm. I'd say he's. I'd say Sinister is even more survivable than Groot, though. Groot really can't do anything while getting his face punched well, the, in. Well, the problem with Groot is is you have no control over if you can one shot him. Yeah. Like you have absolutely, you're completely at the mercy of the dice. And if you just don't do seven damage, you he just goes back to full, mm-hmm. and it's so frustrating. Uh, he doesn't. He isn't quite that frustrating for Sinister. It's just so hard to land damage on him. Like so many of your attacks just do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna put it as seven. I'm not gonna overrule Jeremy, even though he's crazy. Uh, seven's fine. Uh, I will say it gets extremely out of hand when you start combining with other defensive abilities. Like, I was playing him in Brotherhood a lot because Brotherhood's another way to get him extra power. But you put him under uh, magnetic refraction and he's blocking two all the time and has the damage reduction. That's just not okay. Like, he's basically immortal. Anyway, moving on. Uh, we have support. I don't know that he actually supports anybody. I think, the, would we consider his card the cloning? Wouldn't it be support? Like adding extra yeah, model. but that's not really him. That will be when we rate the card. Okay, it is an it is a, a strong option, so it's worth bringing up at this moment. But I don't think that's really something we can say. Okay, he takes power um, from his. <laughs> he damages his team. Is that the opposite? Can. Yeah, is he a negative? Is he, a, is he a zero? <laughs> I mean, actually, I would say the amount of like fire he takes off the team is actually pretty noticeable. Like the the amount of distraction that Sinister is if you put him in the right spot is I think worth it. But no, I, I don't see any noticeable support. Yeah. So moving on. Control, however, this this is where it happens. Yeah. Uh so obviously having a bow type of effect gives you a noticeable leg up on everybody else. Um let's see. I'm gonna call it a four. What did we give what did we give Modoc? A five. We gave Modoc a five? Because he has sat power and bow, so he's better than that. Really? Wait, why? Rooted and bow is far oh, better. Oh, yeah, yeah. So see, I forgot he does rooted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why do I forget? We just talked about it for no Yeah, I know. We brought it up like 80 times. Yarp. Let's. I guess you could argue that he has a little bit of support because he can remove negative effects from himself, but I don't know if nah. that's worth really mentioning. I th- um. I actually like him at the five. I like him. I, like, I think I like him with the five. I don't think. I don't yeah. know. Does he make a six for control? With no, because like no. we gave Loki a seven, and I think that's about right. I think he's about one or two notches below Loki because that Loki's yeah. like dice manipulation is pretty dumb. Yeah. All right, so I'm I'm gonna agree with the five. Jeremy, what do you think? I have no problem with the five. All right. Uh, he's a controller, or do you guys want to argue for blaster? No. He's Most def- memorable parts of them are definitely controlling. Yeah. Okay, so he's a six seven one five. That's a pretty beefy line. Mm-hmm. He's probably got the best line outside of like Black Order. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to give him open the bidding. Hmm. I don't know if he's a seven. He's definitely at least a six. Just the lack of synergy is that like with other people. What is because Loki? he was designed to be like a self-contained piece that doesn't really do stuff with other people. 
I, I want to say six instead of seven, but I'm I'm very happy with a seven. What did we rate Loki? Loki overall, I think it was a seven. Five. Hmm. I don't think this guy is a Loki because Loki, uh, you you basically took you take Loki because you're excited about playing him in Asgardians. I think I even in Cabal, I don't know when like Loki look when you look at Loki anymore because. Oh, this guy's just better than Loki. Yeah, I feel like because uh, Sin- even Loki with the Mind Stone is comparable, mm-hmm. but that's five points. Like that's a five point. Yeah, I, we're talking about a whole point cheaper, and it's probably yeah. about as. Effective. And that, that's what I'm thinking. Like Mister Sinister, yeah. Mister Sinister at the four point slot. Like uh, Jeremy said it earlier. Like he's such a great four point character. You know, yeah. he's 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 exactly what you're looking for, and he feels like a free agent, even though he's not. Because they wanted him to be, because in the comics he is, right? The comics he's always mm-hmm. he's always his own boss. Um, so, and the fact that you can put him in Cabal, and when he's in Cabal, all the things he does, it just greases all the wheels so well for him. It's it's the faction he wants, right? Red Skull is the faction he wants. <laughs> um, Red Skull's nice. Also, getting to place him into position is nice. Yeah. I don't know if you want... I don't think you necessarily actually want to play him. You know what would be fun, actually? I think playing Sin and Sinister would actually be fun. I think that's just Because fun. they yeah. would be so over, like, I'm so fucking tired of my models not being where I thought they were going to be. Yeah. I'm just done with this whole fucking situation. Right. I don't think they'd have any time to focus on what, what Sinister was doing. And the fact that you can drop him in other lists, or if you just... And the fact that you can play him... I love that he's a character in the game that you literally... You can play Sinister... Or you can play Sinister with Cloning Banks, and Sinister with Cloning Banks is like a really fun, very balanced, you know, engaging way to like play. And we talked about when the card came out, the fact that uh, he can, you know, he can affect your whole roster. For example, if you're playing X Force, for example, and you need a four point character for some reason, you have a bunch of regenerators, so that that cards, you know, his 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 clone uh, uh, forced extraction is basically free in that faction. Um, so like there are way there are fun ways to synergize if you're playing his tactics cards, uh, or if you just want to play it because you think it's super fun. I I love how engaging the character is, um, for four points. Man, it's just like this conversation. You makes talk me, me into it. I'm going up to a seven. I, that's what I want to say. I want to say it was seven. Seven's good. Seven, it is. Moving on to the next most important character, uh, J- Parker. I want you to read this card as fast. I, as I that's exactly what I thought. I was like, we have how quickly. Viper. Here's Viper, Ophelia Sarkisian. <laughs> uh, she has five health on both sides. She's a, a movement long, um, two size, three cost character with the same defense uh, on both sides with three physical, three energy, and three mystic. She has. A physical poison blade that's range two, five dice that gives her power for damage dealt with a wild uh, poison special condition. Uh, a assassin's pistol, three cost, four dice, uh, gives her one power for doing the attack. Um, it has a wild uh, stun special condition. And finally, a physical viper strike, which is her spender that costs three. It gives six dice, range three. After this attack is resolved, she places within one. And a wild uh, called Venom, which gives not poison, but slow and stun. She has a displacement ring power that costs two that lets her place within two of her current position. She has the coiled serpent power, which uh, costs two. Uh, If she's targeted with an attack within two, she can use it. Instead of rolling dice for the fence, she rolls five dice. 
and then she's martial prowess. Yes, yeah, martial yeah. prowess from Gamora. If this character suffers no damage, she then immediately uh, uh, does two damage to her attacker. She also has stealth. Okay, nobody likes this character. I just want to point that out. Can, you know, I say nobody. I'm including all human beings can, in the history of existence. Can I say? Can I say one thing about her? I. No. It was really, really weird to print a box like a battle box character this late in the game, because I feel like that's what she is. I feel like she's a battle box character. Um, I I don't I honestly don't understand why she was released. I feel like this was a long term kind of plan thing, and just randomly due to something, her box set got moved up. And it's like I feel like this is supposed to be like a fill out kind of thing that came out next year, like late twenty twenty two. And but instead, for some reason, other things got delayed, and she got through production really quickly because no one gives a shit about her, and then she just got pushed to the front of the line. I don't understand why this got released. Because even Sin, Sin is not like a new exciting character. And that actually might be the reason. uh, Is because they wanted to mirror the number of leaders in Cabal. And so they wanted to release both leaders at the same time. And they had just pre-planned that Viper was going to come with Sin. And it just happened that she was going to get produced earlier than they expected. Like, I wonder if that's what happened. It just doesn't make sense because nobody wanted her. She doesn't seem to add any important functionality. She's not even competitive for three points in her own faction. Like, I don't understand the point of this character. Mm-hmm. Um, If Spoiled Yogurt was a character, I don't even... I don't even <laughs> It'd be like, better than this. We I'm would not give it even, a higher rating than I'm not favorite. even attracted to Yogurt at all, but sometimes it's okay. But when it's, like, bad and spoiled and you mm-hmm. taste it and you're like, what the fuck? Like... And and plus my favorite part of the whole thing is she has a special ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? She get that from her granddad? Like, what the fuck is that? I, like, yeah, no, exactly. I defy <laughs> anyone that actually. No, I get. Gotta give props to the devs on this part. If that's actually from the fluff, and she's actually famous for having this ring, and they knew that, and we didn't, like, that's good job, guys. But, but seriously, like, you could have asked ten million people does Viper from the Cabal have a magic ring and the number of them that would actually know the answer is probably less than one like what the fuck I've been reading Marvel comics for a long time Viper always shows up as kind of a uh, she's kind of a throwaway villain like she just appears and when somebody you know in you know the like in between missions like you get the big, uh, you get the big mission, and the very end of it's going to be awesome in five issues. She's like an issue mm-hmm. two where she, you have to, yeah. you have to like. She's the person you interrogate for the information on where to find the real base. Right, right, yeah, yeah. She, you, you are, you know, your Deadpool sneaking into uh, a facility, and guess who's already there trying to steal stuff? Viper, and you have to fight her for four seconds, and that's. I, mm-hmm. It always it cracks me up because it reminds me of um, Wreck It Ralph. And the fact that he's got that hammer he got from his dad. And everybody's like, you wouldn't be anybody without your fucking hammer he got from your dad. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Viper, you're nobody if you didn't have that stupid-ass ring you stole. Yeah. yeah. Like, it takes a lot to make Gamora look good. And this <laughs> character does that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so we, we've railed on Viper long enough. Or Ophelia Sharkskin Sesson, whatever the fuck her name is. All right, so... Like I said, she's not even competitive for three points in her own faction, because if you wanted a speed-long character in Cabal that costs three points, you're taking Zemo, because he's much better than this character. Wait. If you wanted a, char- a three-point character with stealth in this faction, you'd be taking Sin. 
if you wanted a three-point character that was mobile, like, you'd still take Zemo. I don't understand what's happening. Like, well, there's... there's Cabal doesn't even have that many three-point characters, this, and there's multiples that are better than her. This would be... Um, that'll be, like, when we get to her last number. Let's go ahead and look at her from, like, an offensive standpoint. Give her give her some... We need to get this. This, yeah, this bitch This things. bitch does not deserve our time. <laughs> trying to fill... I'm trying to fill airspace. Oh, good. Right, Viper, offense, one. One? She's not a one. Fine, three. Yeah, she's a three. Whatever number I have to say to get this over with. I, th- I, I think she's I think she's a three because she does have three different attack. Oh, sorry. No, okay. she doesn't have three different attack types. She uses three d- attacks. No, they're all physical attacks. Yeah, that's... Ugh. Even her spender, which costs three, is range three. You place one. It's just, it's worse than Gamora's basic. Like, it is literally Ooh. worse than Gamora's basic. She's a two. Wow, how unappealing. I think. I think yeah, she's, I mean, she's below. Like, who's worse? Who does less damage than her? Wong? Yeah. <laughs> Wong. Okay. <laughs> Wong is a one on offense. Yep. We get it. Like, so? She can. So she's a two. She can place herself and then get killed. She can place herself, attack once, then get killed. She can place herself, move, and then attack once, and then also get killed. She gets a two. You're yeah. assuming she has power, which you'll only have from getting attacked and dying. That's true. Yeah. She already died, so she's on her. All right. So yeah. it's a two on offense. Uh, moving on to defense, uh, she's the definition of bad, worse than a three. Yeah. I guess she has stealth, so she's a three. Yeah. Because normally we say 10 or 11 hit points, threes across the board, basically no defensive abilities, is a three. I guess she's a four because she has Coiled Serpent, which is martial prowess. Yeah, the fact that she has co- I guess. the fact that she has cold serpent, coiled serpent within two, and then stealth, you know, beyond three, yeah. I, I think it's probably a four. She's actually a little bit more defensive than she first appears. All right, so four support has zero. Yeah. Uh, control has. Are we gonna count on wild physical attacks as being control? Uh, I think probably like two then for that, right? Like it's a. It's a yeah, chance we'll, we'll knock it. her up to a two. There's your there's your inflated stat line, you fucking piece of shit. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I Not you, asking. her. Oh. She's the fucking piece oh, of shit. sure. <laughs> Did you think I was yelling at you? Yeah, I was like, I'm sorry. I do do that a lot. I'm sorry I spoke well of her. All right, oh, she's man. a two four one two skirmisher for three points. When she falls down, do her clothes come off? Because I saw a show about no. that. I <laughs> saw a show about that. Parker, did you watch that yes, video I sent I, you? I watched it. I, was it as bad as you expected? Uh, let me put it this way. I watched it for 30 seconds. and went, I, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead and see if it's the same thing. Oh, okay. It's literally gonna, the same let thing. Let me skip ahead to minute eight. Huh. Same thing still. Well, okay. <laughs> and I turned it off. Uh, this is a reference to last week when we talked about an uh, anime called Fire Force, where one of the characters, for no apparent reason, her superpower is her clothes fall oh. off when she doesn't. Oh, there is them. an apparent reason, because every character around yeah. her is constantly thinking about her in her underwear, and it just appears. To- it makes yeah. it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. S- that's I- that's just terrible. Can, can Sin be... <laughs> it could have been so good. I think Sin is... Like I said, I think Sin is is not. I, I get what they're trying to do with her, but for all the reasons you said about her just completely not fitting into any part of this game, uh, she's the only one who gets close to Ebony Maw. I feel like she's like a one and a half. I don't know how to get because she does. I gave I gave her a one because yeah. at least Ebony Maw has flavor. <laughs> like Ebony Maw legitimately does things nobody else does. That's true. Well, at the time, people do it now because they figure out how to make it happen. But, but I think it's honest. You can take the space stone on Ebony Maw. 
that's something Viper doesn't do. Yeah. Like, he is one of the, what, three characters in the game that's legally allowed to take the Space Stone. That's something. Mm-hmm. Like, Viper literally brings nothing to the table. She does nothing that somebody else... Three three yeah, she does nothing She does nothing that another character in her faction does better. Yeah. 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 Anyway, all right. So I already put a one down. I'm not changing it. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, last character we're rating today, Sin. Sin. Cynthia Schmidt. Love me some Sin. Uh, she, uh, Brandon, you're talking about card art earlier. She actually has my favorite card art in the game because of how crazy her eyes are. Um, she's, she's very upset yeah. on the backside. <laughs> yeah, uh, but in a happy way. She's like, "I'm gonna hurt you." She's she's the most happy, angry you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she is um a three cost character that's four health on the front side and six in the back. Uh, medium mover, size two. She has uh, same defensive stats on both sides. Uh, three physical, three energy, and four mystical. She has an automatic pistol attack, which is um, range three, four dice, automatically gives her one power, and rapid fire always. Uh, so you must immediately make another attack against that character. Make it personal, which is a physical attack. It is range two, six dice with four power. On a crit and a wild, insult to injury occurs, which allows her... Uh, to make an additional make it personal attack immediately. The additional attack must target the original character and is mystical. And then she has uh, affiliation for Cabal. So she is a Cabal leader called Red Mayhem. During the cleanup phase, after scoring victory points, you roll a die for each objective token contested. And if you roll a crit, wild, or hit, you push an enemy character contesting that objective token away. Short. And then you roll a die for everybody holding an asset token, so all enemies, sorry, holding an asset token, within range two of a friendly. If the result is a crit, wild, or hit again, the character just immediately drops the asset token. She has hit and run for two cost. It's the same as all, all the others, an action that lets her do an attack and then a move. Uh, partners in crime, which is a zero cost uh, reactive ability that works with crossbones. At the end of her activation, if Crossbones is in range 4, Crossbones immediately gets to activate. Um, and then her passive, Heir to the Wicked, when this character is damaged by an enemy or allied effect, she immediately gains 1 power if she is not dazed by that effect. And she has stealth. On the back shot, by side, she is identical, with the exception of having 2 extra health on it. Okay. Um, first thing I want to point out, I really hate attacks like Make It Personal. Uh, the attack is basically like very bad or very good depending on how you roll mm-hmm. and I, I really don't like that I wish they would move away from that in the future like even if it was like you can spend four to do the attack or like six to do the attack and have the bonus something like that or making it easier to hit the the random effect like any combination of three damage would maybe trigger it or something I don't know yeah. uh, it's just very hard because it, and I had this I had the same problem with Gamora if what are the odds you're doing a six dice attack against somebody and then after the attack is resolved they're a still alive b you rolled a crit and a wild and then like c you're not dead like what like all these things have to line up for it to be valuable and so i just don't like that Mm -hmm. um i do like her leadership it i didn't think it was gonna be very good i played it a few times it was surprisingly good uh mainly for the second part the first part's normal annoying the second part is extremely annoying yeah having to probably make an advance and then spend a power to pick up the fucking thing you were already holding 
is incredibly annoying. Not to mention, if the Sin team has priority, they just go pick it up and walk away from you, and yeah. you're like, ugh, like, yeah. how stupid was you're that? You're functionally making everyone on your team a Quicksilver with their card or an Enchantress. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. That's really Very, strong. very strong. Uh, and also, you can trigger it with the same person. So it says, um, yeah, for each objective contested by an allied character, and then also if you're within two of somebody holding an asset... So commonly what happens with the way the game naturally flows is all the people pick up the extracts and then wander to the nearest secure point. Well, you just send one person over there and it triggers on both. Mm -hmm. Also, I would like to point out, it does not say non-dazed allied character. It just says if they're within range of the character. Yes. So it's not a rule affecting your character that is dazed and it doesn't say non-dazed. So... You can run up and stand there, and even if they kill you, it's still going to trigger. Bob. Agent of Hydra. Yeah, I was going to say, Bob. this is where situations like Bob is very frustrating. Yeah. Because Bob's just standing there, and then you die, like you drop your token, Bob wakes up, picks it up, because you can place it within range of Bob, because you had to be within range two of them anyway, and then he just double moves away. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, or, or, like I have to or, chase Bob down or, or what's worse, picks it up and then stands there... <laughs> And just and just dares you to have to kill him again, where he'll just start it all over. <laughs> well, but that actually is useful for them because they would probably gain power yes. for killing you and I, then pick up the objective. I, I know, but the point is, it would. But then it would you happen would just again. start the whole thing over. It again. would just happen again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Basically, uh, um, killing Bob is not a guarantee that it's over. Like it doesn't actually right, stop it. Right. Um, hit and run is really good on her. Actually, the combination of stealth, pistol, and hit and run is actually very frustrating to play against. Yes, I was. That's actually one of the things I was going to comment on. Is she is stealth is one of those abilities in the game that a lot of characters have stealth, and you're like, what? Why? Because you're never actually using it. You have to stand there and get attacked anyway. Because all your attacks are range three. Her attacks are also range three or range two, but it doesn't matter because she actually has hit and run, so she's going to get it to happen. I also uh, heir to the wicked pl- actually happens a bunch. Um, she's going to get a lot more power than you thought she was going yeah, to get can. over the course of the game. Um, most three-point characters do not plan on having the amount of power that she actually acquires. Because most of the time... So the four health on the front side seems really bad, but hit and run plus stealth means you're usually only getting attacked once. Well, also, she has a pistol as her main attack, so she's going to be generating multiple power from that every time. Right. Well, what I mean is, like, you're, you... You go up, or sorry, if somebody comes up or she has the opportunity to double pistol, then she hit, has hit and run with it, moves out of the way. Now your opponent has to move and attack her if they have range to do so. And moving and attacking her means that she's only going to get attacked once. Yes, she only has four health, but you have to one-shot her because if, if you do two damage to her, she gains three power, and now she's actually up on power. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that, what I'm trying to point out is that most turns she's going to net three power anyway. Because right. she's going to shoot twice, get two power, pay two for hit and run, shoot two more times, get two more power, so and then move, mm-hmm. and then she's going to do her normal power up. Yeah. So she's going to be getting a lot of power really fast. So she's usually the one you're going to have playing your tactics cards. Yeah. Jeremy, do you have anything you want to mention about her before we do numbers? No, you guys covered it. Okay. All right, so offense. Um, I don't think she's particularly great on offense, mm-hmm. but she is only a three-point character, so that's probably fair. Um Pistols are good, as we've talked about. Repeated four dice attacks add up real quick. Um, and she has a nice, decent finisher. Mm, I give her a five. Hmm. I'll give her a six because partner's in crime. 
So you're counting the. I think that's more of a support ability. Mm, I don't know. Letting somebody else activate. I, I I feel like the husband wife deal. You can dish out a bunch of damage before your opponent can do anything about it. Well, I'm just saying that that we we usually rate that in support. Really? Like it is very powerful, but we put stuff like that, like letting other people go in support. Hmm. Because that other character's offense can't add on to yours. Like, it is an incredibly powerful effect, and it is a, a offensive. I'm just saying for the numbers, we consider that in the support column. Okay. Just like Zemo's rerolls. Eh, five is fine, then. Because I, I love pistols as well. Pistols is good. Yeah. There's a lot of times I'd rather have four pistol shots than, like, one eight dice attack. Yeah. Um. Another funny thing about her, actually, make it personal seems like it may not happen very often, but... If she's in Cabal and she's playing with Daddy, if Red Skull is her, the actual commander, then she can automatic pistol and then immediately make it personal in the same activation. Because um, that's if she does damage with both rapid fires. Right. Uh, she has to do I that, really, but she can't. I love how everyone that that like looks at Cabal, they go, pistols, that means you're getting Red Skull's thing and your one. It's like they always assume you're dealing damage with pistols, yeah. which is not how pistols Not true. Work. But... <laughs> But yeah, sure. She, we've already covered. She doesn't need power. Yeah. Well, but what, she can get. But what I mean the, is the problem with make it personal. She's just not going to be in range two very often. Right. Right. But whenever she is in range two, make it personal will be available. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like her. Did you guys say a six? Uh, I said five. Jeremy said five. Okay, I was. Going, uh, six, I was. I, I was actually not going to say six. I was going to say six okay. is too much. But she's very consistently double tapping with her pistols, like constantly. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I would say five is really good. This thing is so annoying. For some reason, it changed my text. It changed my my fucking um, character font color to uh, the same color as the background. It's very annoying. Gross. It's like I go to type and it doesn't type anything because I can't see it. Okay, I think I fixed it. <clears throat> All right, so five on offense. Moving on to defense. Uh, this is probably where she's a little bit lower. She is pretty squishy. Mm -hmm. Stealth is not nothing, but the four health on the front side does does hurt. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, the good news is like having six on the back means you probably won't get double tapped and like taken out before you get it to respond. Yeah. Uh, especially with stealth on top of it. Uh, she's also a three point model with three three four. She actually has slightly above average. She slightly yeah, she's slightly above. I think we'd have to give her a four. Uh, hit and run I think actually plays into it a bit. Because mm -hmm. a stealth character with hit and run can be pretty protected if they want to be. Mm -hmm. So I think it starts at a four. Does anyone want to argue for a five? No. Nope. No. Four health is, is really low. Uh, the more we do this, the more we realize hit points is more important than defensive stats. Yeah. And so, alrighty. Uh, support. Here we go. Uh, so she first off is a leader, which I think we normally baseline at about a three. Uh, yeah, we gave we gave Thor a three. Yeah. So a three, four being a leader, basically, and then on top of that she has partners in crime. Uh so she probably has to be at least a four. Jeremy, would you like to argue for higher? How how good is double activations? Tell us. Uh very good. Get your priority back as well. Hmm. That's what I was gonna say. Her faction her faction ability is really strong, especially if you can leverage it with uh, lots of bodies, so you can make sure it happens all the time. You got plenty of spares, and so since mm -hmm. she's usually playing lower, since she's usually playing the three point cabal members and dropping in somebody really big like Modok, um, you're going to want activate a uh, priority back, and she could just get it. 
Um, mm-hmm. She can just have it. And I, I, it's been a, and also because she's, because you're always thinking about, you know, uh, uh, Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight, the first time Sin makes Crossbones activate, your opponent will go, wait, what? <laughs> she's it's like, they're not married, are they? they? go, nope, they're just really good friends in Mayhem. They like, they like fucking shit up together, but they're just. They're really good platonic friends. Yeah. Good, really good platonic <laughs> friends. I don't think anybody wants to get in bed with this vagina with teeth, but if you, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, uh, but she does have, you know, it's, uh, the, the fact that she can take priority is so strong to say. Yeah. So the way I like to play some of my factions, like criminals and spider foes that have a little bit of scenario plan them is you basically start playing scenario. And when your opponent tries to also play scenario, you just beat the shit out of them. And so right. I kind of tried this with Sin in the same way. I'm not actually trying to win on scenario. I'm just going to where the scenario points are because that's where all my victims are going to be. And then I try and leverage that as hard as I can. And so having a lot of people to trigger her leadership is nice. But also, like you said, doing the double activation is basically reducing your activation count. And so if she can get ahead on activations, she can really punish people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jeremy's arguing for a five, are you? Is that right? Yep. I'm okay with that. They Double have, activations are pretty rare and strong. They have access to the tactics card as well. It's called like Sen Crossbone. It's like a weird word, but it's got it's a... from Ash and Cinder, I believe. Yep, from Ash and Cinder. Talking about the explosion one? No. I'm not talking about that one? one. It's a long-range rifle thing. It's a combination of oh, both their... Oh, yeah. that's just... That's illicit tech. Yeah, it's not for them specifically. Oh, it is for them. Yeah, it's, it's for them specifically. Anyway. You have to use. So them, yeah. while crossbones yeah, is so it's... moving up, it'll allow her to do her two attacks, and then him to also punch a hole in something without your opponent be able to do anything. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, it's a six dice energy attack. It's okay. Puts incinerate on the target and people within two. So I mean, if he goes right. first, does his thing, use that, then she pistols him up. Like that's pretty serious. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't like illicit tech personally. I think it's a waste of a tactic slot. It could be but a waste, I, but it exists. Yeah, I think any action Crossbones makes that isn't an advance into melee is a mistake. That's personally what I feel. Mm-hmm. But I I respect that other people can disagree and not be wrong. Uh, so moving on to control. What does she do for control? A little bit of her leadership. Yeah, so she leadership. makes you drop your stuff and pushes you away from your things. That's that's, that's kind of, of a time. yeah, that's kind of insane. But so, what do you guys think that's worth? It's either worth everything or nothing. Like yeah. <laughs> but having the ability, Ugh. what's having the ability worth? A three? At least a three. What's at least a three mean? What's your what What's your vote? Give me a number. Now this fence sitting. I'll give it a four because that'll win you games. It straight up wins you games, right? Like this I mean, will it's, win. It's the reason you're playing her. Yeah. Because you're not just putting her in a list if she's not the leader. I mean, this is a blowout kind of thing where, but I can also imagine a, a world where it only happened once or twice during the game and you're just like, well, shit then. I guess it's nothing. I think because it's so random and I think because you don't plan on trying to win on scenario, this is mostly a stall tactic. I'm going to trip you up on scenario enough to let me just kill you and get an advantage that way. I think I think it, it's not more than a three. I think it's just a three. Parker, what's your opinion? Um, I I think it's also a three because it 
in order to take advantage, like you said, it doesn't... So the point of her character is she's supposed to be unstable, right? Like then we, we like she's a really good version of 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 the Marvel Comics character because she's so unstable. And I agree with with Jeremy that Red Mayhem can in the right scenario just wreck everything. Like really turn the whole game over. Um so I want to give it more than a 3 for its potential. Um because yeah, I think it's I think it's a 4 because of its potential. Because if it, you you could if you I wish I had data on it, right? I wish somebody could say, like, I've played 70 games with Sin and the, the only won the game, you know, in t- 10 of them. And I would go, okay, well. Well, there's there's a – because it happens after scoring. You're not preventing them points. You're just right. reducing their actions. Because so many more of their actions and power are going to go towards picking up objectives and moving back on objectives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's fifty percent of the time, and you're probably going to be able to affect somewhere between fifty and seventy five percent of their models every turn. But you but you are doing what you want to do anyway, right? You want to be contesting, and you want to be going after people who have tokens. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in this game, you can't ignore scenarios. So you're still right. trying to get points. Right. You're still contesting these objectives. Right. But you know, some scenarios are going to be less inclined towards it. Like there's going to be ones where there's only one objective, and so a lot harder because that person just runs away from you and you don't have somebody to go just stand next to them really mm-hmm. uh, or they just if you have priority they're activating last and they just move that person away from your guys so there's going to be times they're going to be able to leverage against it and also what if you, you just get matched up against somebody playing another attrition style list like what happens when you're just fighting against like weapon x or brotherhood and they're just like fine i'll just kill you and you're like oh i guess walking up and standing within two of Magneto was not a good idea. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. turns out that's a good way to get dead. I see your point. Um, that that's mostly why I'm like I don't know how strong this is because it's not actually costing them very many points. The only time it's costing them points is if they're dropping extract and you can actually get it away from them. And it's just annoying. Other than that, it just lowers their efficiency. But you're not generally speaking, you're not trying to win on scenario because if you're trying to win on scenario, I don't know you'd be playing sin. Mm-hmm. Like it's helpful, but it's not like game breaking. Uh, give me your number. I'm done rating her. Okay, I'm gonna go with three. You've convinced me. I like it. Okay, three it is. She is a skirmisher. She's all hit and run style. She literally has hit and run. Uh, so we have a five four five three skirmisher for three points. I'm gonna give her a five. I think she's about average, solid, but not not overly compelling. I can live with a five. Move on. I was actually gonna say a six because I think she slots into her faction really well with the with the with the faction that already. I love faction leaders that can also be played with their other faction leader, and you feel really good about it, um, like uh, Captain Sam or. Uh, Miles, I I really like that you're not like totally giving up or selling out. You can still like building a cabal list right now feels like you have two very different styles and you can do them both within the same ten characters. I really like that. I think she's a six because they made did a really good job of making her highly playable within her faction. Okay. I don't know that I agree with that point of view, but I agree well, I agree with the point of view. I don't agree with the assessment that that's her. I think she's mm. okay with Red Skull. But I don't think if you're playing Red Skull, I don't think you're reaching for sin very often. That's the, potentially true. But if you did, I don't think you would be mad. I don't think you would be upset that you did. Uh, rather, I mean, I wish it would have spent those Maybe. three points somewhere else. But. Maybe. 
All right, uh, moving on. Uh, our next topic is Comic Corner. Parker is going to read us a bedtime story. All right. So uh, my Comic Corner uh, comes to you guys from uh, one of my fairy storylines. It made a big, big splash in the in actually it wasn't just comic book circles; it was also pop cultural circles. Uh, when Captain America, in a famous issue a couple years ago, uh, without any sort of irony or no what if involved, he said, uh, "Hail Hydra," and so um, and, and it, he held, he said, "Hail Hydra," and killed Red Skull. Spoiler alert. Then that started um, a big internet, you know, sensation. Everybody was really excited about it, and so Marvel promised an epic conclusion to the story, to a reasoning about how Captain America could. A turn trader, and it shows up in the book called Secret Empire. Uh, so if you have not read Secret Empire, it is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's written with a consortium of, of, of writers. It, it wasn't just one person. Um, but um, the let's see, I was going to say the primary. I think the primary story was done by. Um, now I'm now I feel bad. I can't see. There's so many different artists, but I was looking for the primary writer. Nick Spencer, yeah, that's right. So Nick Spencer did the writing for the the plot. Lots of different artists uh, contributed to it. Um, but long story short, um, Captain America um, has basically fallen victim to the Cosmic Cube. Uh, Hydra has used the Cosmic Cube to rewrite reality in such a way that uh, Captain America is the ultimate um, uh, sleeper cell being embedded within the entire S.H.I.E.L.D. and superhero community for years and years, and slowly but surely they keep giving him more and more responsibilities as people become more and more beholden to superheroes and S.H.I.E.L.D. to just solve all their problems, and he let that happen so that eventually he could acquire so much influence that everyone gives him, like, basically autocratic control voluntarily. And he uses that with his, you know, amazing tactical mind to completely eliminate every superhero threat in the world while simultaneously installing him as a supreme dictator of America all completely legally. That's the setup in the first issue and it's amazing. So if you'd like to know like how he does that, how he creates the situation, how he manipulates, you know, everyone into doing this, it, it's amazing. And then of course, afterwards, it, they, you know, the the rest of the superhero world deals with the fallout. What Marvel characters are left to even fight after Captain America does such a great job of preparing this situation for himself. And then how do you resolve this? Because he's now Captain America uh, with the full backing of Hydra and what that means and the in the access to the entire American uh, 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 you know, machine. And so how do you deal with this as a superhero trying to fight the fact that, oh, by the way, he is Captain America, your most confident, you know, your biggest confidant, the, the, the one they put up on the pedestal. As far as anyone can tell, it is him. So how do you, how do you manage this as a superhero also? It's not a what-if comic. It's 100% happens within the canon. So if you'd like to know um, how this, this crazy what-if that actually became Star Wars, uh, sorry, for it, it became uh, Marvel canon uh, uh, works. Read Secret Empire. It's very, very well done. It's a fantastic read that involves every superhero. Um, and if you're a Captain America fan, you will love the end. It's a great ending. Is this the one that generated the uh, the meme that was uh, Agent Hydra or whatever when he's like about to walk out of the plane or helicopter or whatever? Uh, when he says Hail Hydra? When he says Hail Hydra, yeah. he's in like the full Hydra uniform. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, f I figured that was it, though. Yes. 
Um, the big, and then of course, you know, the, the big splash he made when he said Hail Hydra at the end of one of the issues after he kills Red Skull. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're like, you what? What? And then Secret Empire answers that question. But man, his his like Machiavellian design of how he accrues all the power is so well done. Um, it's really, really fun to read. If you like the What If show that's coming out right now and you want to read a What If that is canon, this is probably the best What If comic I've ever read, even though it wasn't a What If comic. Um, super good. Speaking of What If, run, don't walk, go watch What If. It's good. Yeah. There's a couple kind of throwaway episodes, but for the most part, very solid. Mm-hmm. Very solid. I'm very happy to be giving my money to the mouse. Um, <laughs> Just it's money. Watch this. It's money well spent, man. Between the Mandalorian and everything that is Marvel on Disney Plus is just fantastic. Yeah, I love that. Without as, as basically no spoilers, uh, I love that all of my favorite characters in all of the uh, episodes were my favorite characters for a reason. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it is very good. I liked it. Uh, so anyway, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for joining us this week. This has been Brandon. And Dr. Mantis Toboggan, MD. This is Jeremy, and you can find my stuff on eBay. Uh, hashtag, it's all for sale. Thanks to Parker. <laughs> hashtag, broken models. Hashtag, Jeremy. Hashtag, buy it now. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope you had a good time. This has been Viper Sucks. So what are we going to call this thing? Ah, I got it. Okay. Incredible, new, fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original... Uncanny Sensational Podcast. I'm just going to put down Infamous. I saw... Er, when did we see... Yeah, I saw Venom last Friday. Did you guys see Venom? No, sir. No. It was okay. I keep thinking I'm gonna amazing. take. I think I'm gonna. I keep thinking I'm gonna take my voice to it, just because it's the first one was just like so bleh, like I wasn't excited, and it was like I don't know. Is it is it too insane to take nine year olds to? I thought it was very PG. Yeah, Venom seemed very PG to me as well. It. it I I think it was overly PG, which is why uh, I did not actually think it was great. Now, my boys, on the other hand, um, Logan had more. Uh, F-bombs than I remember Mm -hmm. Uh, but they enjoyed it (laughs) nevertheless (laughs) one of my high school teachers decided to let us watch Band of Brothers in class and Mm -hmm. uh, randomly one of the episodes uh, opens up on this guy having sex with like a prostitute and I'm like okay (laughs) like teacher got up screaming across the room trying to turn it off it was pretty funny hmm yeah, it's weird. Um, like Squid Game is super popular right now, or yeah, and everybody's watching it on Netflix. And uh, someone was asking me, "Hey, is it cool if you know my teenage girls watch it?" And I'm like, um, "Hold on, let me think." 
there's one gratuitous sex scene though for no random fucking reason Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i'm like uh you'll see it coming and just click forward like like it it just is it's so weird Mm -hmm. it was just in there like for no fucking reason yeah i mean from what i understand that's like a very cultural thing like uh the uk is a lot more restrictive on like violence in movies of first far's rating than they are on like nudity and stuff and so, like, it's just, like, what would get, like, an R rating here would not get the same rating in Europe, from what I understand. What's weird about the rating system is there is absolutely no science and consistency behind it. It's just, like, a group of unknown adults in California just belong to this ratings association, and yeah. they just decide to do it. So it's, like, it's not – there's no, like, uniformity. There's no, like – I mean, they do use, like, a bunch of people give it a rating, and then they find, like, an average. So there's a little bit of science. It's not one person doing it. Yeah. But but they do not talk about how many people do the rating, and they don't talk about what it takes to, like, become a raider other than just be an adult. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's So it's we find out – I find out BS. the hard way. Um, I found out the hard way a few times. My boys are like, it's PG. I'm like, okay. So they'll watch it, and I can't remember what these are. There's a handful of them. They're movies that should be R because mm-hmm. they landed there, but there was no PG-13 mm-hmm. to capture them. So they're PG. And you're like, mm-hmm. there's right. no goddamn way that's PG. It's like they, they barely, barely, barely got past the R rating, but there wasn't anything until PG. And so that's Correct. where they landed. Yeah. It's like they barely made it through the strainer, and now they're just writing down to the creamy nougaty goodness on the bottom. You're like, oh, God, how did this get down here? Yeah. Also older movies the ratings because over time like people's yeah. people's sensibilities change like yeah. like some movies that get rated you know pg back then you watch them now and you're like jesus like the the amount yeah. of the content in them is just absolutely out of control you would never see I that have, today i have zero sympathy for like parents that are trying to shelter their kids from like bad language and stuff i'm like gave your kid a fucking smartphone and you think I need to not swear around them? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, there's no, yeah. there is no, like, filter in your kid's life, yet you accept me to filter myself for them. It's like, shut up. Oh, here we go. So here's the list. Um, so PG movies that were just PG, Gremlins, Beetlejuice, Indiana Jones, and the Temple of Doom. All PG. There was some serious face melting in that one. Yeah. All PG. There's so literally crazy. Nazis in it. Like, that alone no, that, that's, should give it a PG-13 rating. That's the last Some Crusade. Some dude got their heart you're thinking, last, you're thinking Last Crusade. Temple of Doom was There's the... There's Nazis in all of them. Well, yeah, yeah, but... but Temple except of Doom, for Temple of Doom. Literally, someone got their heart ripped out, caught on fire, and then dumped into a volcano in front of you. Yeah. P- parental guidance. Think about it. Consider, consider parental guidance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Consider. Consider it. Just yeah. consider it. Yeah, so, I don't yeah. know. The, the whole ratings thing, like, what an R-rated movie means, like, I guess you're talking about the people that are swayed by the ratings. So, like, I would consider, like, 75% of people, literally, you could remove ratings and their lives would not change in the slightest, right? Like, what's the point of an R rating to, like, a random Ooh. dude on the street? Mm. Yeah, like, it doesn't I, matter. Like, another, they don't care. Here's another good one. Jaws is PG. Yeah. Well, they they were almost an R rating. They but the the reason they were almost an R rating is because the girl at the beginning, that was what almost pushed them over the line. Not all the like the blood because they don't actually show that much blood and carnage. Like mm-hmm. there's some red dye in the water, but there's no actual blood. Yeah, like, there's still it, gruesome scenes. It's super fun with children finding all this out. 
<laughs> Sometimes no. you find out in the hard way. Like, oh my yeah. god. No, I get the ratings on movies and stuff. I'm just saying, that, like, the people that are affected by ratings, I think, are a decently small portion of the community, which is, my, like, vast majority of which are parents with young kids. I didn't need to know that Deadpool is rated R to not let my kids watch it. Exactly. <laughs> I, mean... yeah, I think I think the main thing about it is the, the, what rating systems have become. I don't know if they were intended to be this originally, but definitely what they've become is... Uh, is the parents going I don't want to experience this media with my children because that requires like my time and attention I want this media to be me for a moment so I can go do something else so I just need to know that it's not bad I just yeah, I, I want to use it as a babysitter yeah, yeah I want I want you to do the job for me and in all of like your examples uh, Jeremy, it's all just like, you know, I want to watch something with my kids. Well, mm-hmm. honestly, if you watch something with your kids, you could probably show them just about anything. And then you would hit pause. You can, you know, you can rewind. You could probably even hit, uh, you know, fast forward. You could even probably, you know, just let it go and talk to them later. Ask them questions about what they think. I remember when I was a kid, like one of the, one of the, like an early memory of my watching cinema was Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Like <laughs> Nice. Like that's one of the earliest movies I remember watching. Yeah. Before I think maybe even before that I saw uh, the Commando with oh, Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Like I saw a man throw a saw blade into another man's skull. You know, mm-hmm. in and I think I was I, I I was not eighteen. I was maybe ten, and so, yeah. and I remember I and I and I remember explicitly like my dad. You know, telling me, you know, smiling and laughing at it. You know, he the point of what he made light of it. You're like, how silly was that? Isn't that silly? And that's how I like. That's how I come. That's how I experienced. You know, that kind of violence is. It was a silly thing. It was something almost comical. It was not something to be emulated. Or how awesome was this? Mm-hmm. And that's how he approached it. That's how. That, and he never stopped to tell me violence isn't okay. But he, you know, the point it was of how, how gratuitous it was was fun. Not to be not not necessarily to be emulated. It was funny, is the word funny, mm-hmm. and so yeah. it was. Um, and and I and and this and and every single one of those movies, I saw them, you know, with my dad. And if I had questions, he would answer them and stuff like that. So I think if you uh, right now, my youngest daughter is because my uh, youngest daughter has watched the entire uh, uh, season of these two different television shows both of them are t- they say Y7 on them and when Sarah found this out she's like you know are you sure you know Regina should be watching this she's only four and I said I have watched every single episode of both of these series with them because I enjoy them also and it's fantastic for CC to see like a serial show and you know watch a character and care about a character as they grow and change this is awesome and Regina understands none of that context and there's nothing about these shows that's dangerous and if, if I found one thing I would ask her to do something else but, but if I you look, go ahead. I was gonna say the um the things that scare me now are not movies at all. The things that scare me now is this YouTube bullshit that kids go down these crazy rabbit holes on. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the, you turn on autoplay and somehow you get from like fucking My Little Pony to like the Holocaust, and you're like, whoa, yeah, yeah. like let's calm down here, kids. Like, yeah. yeah, there's certain things I don't let my kids check out. Like we we love monster movies and like. My kids, I mean, they're nine. We've watched Predator together. Like, I'm like, it's mm-hmm. a fucking monster. It's badass. It's fine. Like, mm-hmm. they get it. It's a monster. 
so they'll look up Predator on YouTube and then they'll go down this rabbit hole and all of a sudden they're watching like The Shining the entire movie I'm like dude that isn't cool like no 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 that's some disturbing shit that's totally different yeah. that's not a monster movie that's a fucking freak out crazy ghost show like yeah. stop watching it That that's what scares me uh, well, another thing that maybe this freaks me out more is one day the girls were watching Peppa Pig on YouTube. And by the way, Peppa Pig YouTube channel is fantastic because they just play extremely long. Like they're not 10 minutes long. Yeah. But somehow they got to the end of one. Uh, I think Cecilia, you know, fast forwarded it to, to mm-hmm. because, you know, she was trying playing with it. And it got to the end and it sent them to or rather it prompted them to do new things. And one of them was a bunch of toys. And so they clicked on that and it was just a bunch of really creepy people talking, you know, doing basically openings, doing box openings for mm-hmm. for different toys. And uh, the content and the way they were talking about them and just them in general, um, they were weird. <laughs> I just... It, not something you would choose to expose yourself yeah, to. Yeah, just like, I was like, these people, these people are, these people, I, I, it was, the word was almost like fetishists, not really, I don't know if they were sexualizing it, but they were way too fascinated with children, these children's toys in a way that was that, that made them sound like they should be obsessing over them worshiping them right that's that was how they were like talking about them and i was just like uh this none of this is necessarily wrong but i don't want item worship i don't want that i don't want my kids to want to 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 need well, stuff also- that much if the people in the video were that creepy, that's just going to desensitize your kid to being around like you know shady people. Yeah, I think. like you know that that might end up with your kid getting into a van or something. Yeah, the, like. the the way they were the way they were approaching functionally like toys out of a McDonald's. Like they were shitty toys. It's like the way they were talk, <laughs> talking about like McDonald's toys functionally is what is like the quality they're talking about and. And at, I looked over their shoulder at one point. I said, guys, is this Peppa? And they go, yeah, it's Peppa. Because it, they, were, they were Peppa Pig toys. They were on the channel, yeah. They are Peppa Pig toys. It wasn't their channel. No, no. They were not. That was yeah. not Peppa Pig affiliated. But it was Peppa Pig toys. So, like, they, they thought they were looking at more Peppa things. And then when – and they like toys. They're like, oh, sure, I'll watch this. And I was like, this is creepy as shit. Um, uh, I, I, di- I didn't – and that kind of stuff. Oof. Yeah. Oh, it was Aaron who said he ran. He ran into his daughter. <laughs> it turned oh, out yeah, she yeah, had yeah. her own I don't YouTube know if we channel. Want, hold, on, hold on, hold on. I don't know if we want to talk about <laughs> yeah, yeah, other yeah. people's Whoa. kids on the podcast. Yeah, let's please not. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, I mean from concept, but you start throwing names around. <laughs> yeah. He named name. Let's tell an unrelated story about some guy's kid, though. <laughs> That's definitely not Aaron. No, just kidding. Um. But yeah, no, was that Aaron? I thought that was Brandon. I thought you that might was other be, Brandon. You might be right. You might be right. Well, you can tell a story about his kids. He oh, that's fine. Just the whole concept of like the rabbit holes you can go down so quickly with the yeah. internet the way it is. I mean, you're just watching a video and then all of a sudden you're 20 levels deep into some nonsense. Yeah. And well, that's actually, I, I want to top talk on that story a bit because that's kind of, it's in the vein we're talking about, kind of goes down that same rabbit hole of like when I said earlier, you give your kid a smart device and then you think that you're you're like filtering them from anything at that point. You you've missed the point by like a wide margin. And so like he had his kid was set up to do some kind of online like streaming or YouTube channel thing, but he had turned off comments, like you couldn't like interact with people on it. So it's like you could post videos and stuff, but you can't interact with the, the community. 
Right. And so one of the ways, like, they find ways to get around this, and it's like, well, then they create this publicly shared Google document, and then they go in there and basically use it as a chat room because they're both typing in the document at the same time. Mm. And so it's like, well, I mean, I think a lot of parents that, especially they're less tech savvy, obviously, like, you two know a lot about computers because, like, we're doing a podcast. You're already ahead of the curve. Mm. But... Like a lot of parents don't have that. Like, like I know uh, my guardian that raised me was like she can't like freaking set up a router. Like it'd be impossible for her to get internet without help. Like so, it's not the same situation. And so, I think people don't realize how much access their children have to the outside world. I mean, but more importantly, as we were talking about, Venom is indeed PG thirteen. I believe it is. I looked it up. <laughs> yeah. I'm a pretty bad there, guy, but I'm not. You can walking. tell because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a much better R-rated version released because there's multiple points in the movie where it just like three seconds are missing. Like it literally just skips ahead three seconds. You're like, I wonder what happened before and after this guy disappeared. Like I wonder. I read some reviews and it did say it was pretty chopped up, like really fast paced, yeah. and like it seems like the story was supposed to be something cuts. different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All in all, it was all right. I'm sure you got so, what, you, what you paid for. I mean, some. I mean, they. I don't know about the backstory, but visually, they nailed Carnage. Carnage looks exactly like Carnage should, and fights as far as I know, like he should fight. Like it, it was very close. I actually thought Venom looked a little weird. He felt less bulky in this version. Like he felt, he feels just large, like an ape, but not like muscular. He's just large. I'm like, oh, okay. As long as it was cool. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it's about. Like, that movie, like, Venom had some cool parts. I thought it was a terrible movie, but it had cool parts. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like, well, you know, if you get both of them. What it kind of makes me feel like, though, is Spider-Man 3, the one with with um, Black yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. It's just too much shit. Like, there's no story. It's just all craziness. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't feel that way. Um, it's very similar it's a just a different version of venom one um but i will say the after credit scene is very exciting are they starting to feel like did it feel like mcu is like right there at the door does it still feel very sony like are they still like it feel the movie is very sony the after credit scene is 100 percent mcu cool okay i'm I'm in then that's probably worth the price of admission Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure you can just youtube the after credit scene it Mm -hmm. doesn't spoil anything in the movie that's cool but yeah, let's just say shit's about to hit the fan. Okay, okay. Alrighty. So, in related news, and also related to the fact that we want to get you guys to bed before 3am, uh, do you guys know what you call a pile of cats? A meowton. Ugh. Get it? Because it's, it's like a, a meowton. I don't know why for a moment. I think it's because of how tired I am. I really wanted to be like, okay, now there is a word for a bunch of cats together. It's a funny word. It's a, mur- it's a murder of cats. <laughs> and while you were thinking, yeah. you're being stabbed in the back. I, I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why I thought there wasn't Someone a joke. Just of course a it was running a, chainsaw. Of course into your it was. Abdomen. Of course you're it like, was a joke. Oh. Of course it was a joke. But why? Why did I stop for a moment to go? Um, a group of a group of uh, yeah, a group. I'm of still cats. mad There's about the Mortal Kombat one. So. The Mortal Kombat. Oh, one. that's right. I, the Mortal I, Kombat one was good because nobody expected that. I one. remember that. We I, weren't yeah. on the dad jokes being regular yet, and so it was yeah. like very out of the blue. I totally. I, I was like, I've heard this before. It's a clouder. A bunch of cats <laughs> is a clouder. 
Oh my god! I've, I I I had heard that before. A bunch of cats is called a clouder. In uh, in the famous words of uh, Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller, "Magic doesn't fool you because you're stupid. Magic fuels you because magic is stupid, and you don't want magic to be stupid." <laughs> so that's <laughs> yeah. why that's why the dad jokes get you sometimes because uh-huh. you're just like. Oh, this has got to be an actual interesting answer. Son of a bitch, I'm going to strangle this person. Yeah. Like that's that's how they get Yeah, it. I, I love yeah. that whole concept. Magic that is willingness stupid. to believe. Yeah, it's like, well, surely it's not that stupid. And the answer is yes, it was It was even stupider than I thought it was. Yeah. The way I thought he was doing it was so much more complex than the way he was actually doing it. <laughs> All right. So what do you want to talk about today? I thought we were going to rate some things, right? Gonna rate some more stuff. I thought, we want to rate. I thought we paused in rating, or did we actually finish? No, we finished. We we had to rush through the end, but we got through it. Let's do. Uh, there's only four X Men on this list. Let's do four X Men, or because we don't have. Or do we, do we can put Phoenix on it, right? Uh, there's a lot of new X Men coming out. But do we want to wait for all those X Men to have so many X Men, or? Well, but I don't want to rate like an incomplete faction because right now I think they they. The characters are going to get adjusted when they get better synergies. What about we got one, two, three Cabal members that are just Cabal members that we could rate? Yeah, I don't think we actually rated Cabal. Oh, we rated. A... I think we were waiting for Sin and Crossbones like to be finished. Yeah, we rated. We rated. Actually, we did rate Cabal. We got Zemo, Skull, Ultron, Modok, but we did not get. We're missing Bob, Sinister, Viper, and Crossbones. We did Crossbones oh. already, but Sin. And sin, yeah. So there's four. We could do that. That'd be easy. Yeah. That'd... That'll that'll eat up some time. Do we have anything else we want to chat about? Ooh, we can talk about our great games we had over the weekend. Oh boy. Awesome they were. I was waiting boy, for the howdy. podcast. <laughs> do what? You were waiting for the podcast to get I'm not even out. fucking going there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Parker, I'm drinking your ginger lager. <laughs> <laughs> we also uh oh another option could be so since all of us have tried it i think or maybe brandon you haven't tried it but more avengers like um quicksilver I've, iron I've fist i've never once Luke played Cage. avengers in my entire life um and i thought oh new cap is not on this list here but no i haven't added anything past uh like 58 okay. i think i was gonna say so like yeah, the new, the newer, the newer Avengers. Um, we could also do that, but Cabal would also Cabal would be easier because there's still m- more newer Avengers when Iron Man comes out and stuff like that. So we could do that together with them. I guess it was just yeah. him. I guess it's just him, but yeah. So we'll just do the last of the Cabal people today. I like that. Cool, Parker. There's something I wanted to talk to you about before we get started. Uh huh. When you're reading the cards, you're very inconsistent on how you're reading them. Sometimes you just vaguely summarize, and then other times you, like, read word for word. And so I was just going to suggest when you're doing it, just pick one. If you're going to – if it's if you think everybody knows the card, just run through it quickly. But if you if you think it's, like, stuff that people need to know at, as a pre- prelude to rating it, just go ahead and read it word for word and just get past it. Because sometimes you'll, like, summarize a section and then go back and read it. And it's – it just – Seems to take more time. Okay. So that's I was just gonna give that criticism to you. Sure. Alright. Uh so Jeremy, you don't want to talk about the games we played? Oh, I do. Well, he's he's oh, going okay. to. Are you gonna use your words? 
He's gonna. Nothing makes Jeremy more mad than talking about his games. <laughs> Parker, do you, is this a, a fresh comic corner? Uh, yeah, we did not use it last time. It's good. Okay. <clears throat> All right, here we go. She does. She's fucking terrible. I can't believe how shitty she is. Like, it's like no... you look at her you're like, why? Like, why did they print this card, let alone make a model for is, her? Is it weird? Like, just... Is it weird whenever I read her? I, she doesn't make it doesn't make me angry. Like, Ebony Mall made me angry because I wanted it to be good. It looks like it should work, but it yeah. doesn't. But she didn't make me angry. She mostly just like I, every time I remember she's in the game, I kind of scratch my head for a moment and I go, yeah, why is that in the game? And I just keep moving on. Yeah, like, I don't, I just don't, I just don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't give her, but I don't give her the time of day. Like, I really don't it's not... think about it that much. So she she sucks. Like she is not good. But that's not why she's the worst. Like she's the worst because she is Viper. Like that's yeah. why is she in the game? Ugh, I don't know. It's very annoying. So I want to put up a poll on Facebook. Which was the worst Viper? The one from the Wolverine movie or this one? <laughs> it's like which is the worst Viper? I think the one in the movie might actually be better. Yeah. Hey, actually, speaking of Wolverine movies, like Lady Deathstrike is not in this game. Like, an iconic mm-hmm. B-level, you know, Marvel villain. Not in this game. But yeah. Viper is in this game. I just don't... I do not get it. And I feel like I understand the story, the storyboarding concept. So they basically go, what characters can we do? And they're like, should we do? Do mm-hmm. we have to do? And they make a list. And then they go, okay, let's break it into factions. And so they split it all out into a bunch of columns. And they go, okay... Which characters complement these characters in the storylines well? And they add more stuff to the list. Then they go, all right, can we break any of these into any more factions? And if they do, they split those out. And then they go, okay, what else could we do? And then they just kept adding characters like, well, you know, who worked with this person a lot? This person. And then this person worked with those people a lot. And then eventually, somehow, Viper and Cassandra Nova made it on those lists. And then they paired them off into box sets. And then they made a list on what they're going to work on. And so just randomly, because Sin was paired with Viper, she got released. That's got to be it, right? That's There's the got to be no other... Nothing else makes sense to my brain. It's like when Jerry escaped the uprising. He's like, I just kept crawling and it kept working. Like, that's how she got made. Like, nobody <laughs> said no. Yeah. And so she got made. I just kept crawling and it kept working. Just kept crawling and it just kept working. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not proud of it, but that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, entirely throwaway. Like, I, I don't get it. Yeah. Who was it? Parker, because you said you'd throw away Cassandra Nova. Mm-hmm. I think I said I would throw away. Did I say Viper? I think I said Ebony Mall. Cassandra Nova actually has a couple things that are kind of unique. Yeah, she has the most convoluted tactics card in the game, of course. The like, most convoluted. It's fucking nine paragraphs. Each sentence changes the point of view of the reader. Like, like <laughs> what is happening? No pronouns. None. Because you don't dare have a pronoun. I got two functional adults in a room together, and I read the card out loud. I said, explain to me what happens. Neither of them can tell me what the fuck happens. There's no telling. Like, they're like, I don't know. Like, uh, someone attacks somebody. I know that happens. <laughs> something something moves, and then something gets attacked. Well, as box sets go, I have to say, at least Sin came out with Sin and Viper. Uh, Jean Grey came out with Casanova, Dova, whatever. And like, Casanova, I, I have to say, as a five-point model, Jean is a tough sell. 
Oof. Jean! Well, they had to make her easily killable so that you could play Jean. Make her four Jean. fucking points. She's an X-Man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why she gotta be fucking five? That's, it's weird how Guardians faction ability is minus one half of a point and mm-hmm. X-Men is like plus one and a half points per <laughs> Like, all this shit costs so much you, more than it should, it feels you like. Know some, you know how some factions in every game, you're like, well, this faction just plays a little, pays a little bit more because they have premium stats, they have premium this. X-Men is like, well, these, this faction just pays a little bit more. We see X-Men That's pay it. more like points for their models. Yeah. They have less synergy than most factions and they have the worst tactics cards in the game. And then you just stop talking. Yeah. They, like, wait, what? what they what were else? super there's, proud. There's 18, no end then. 18 months ago, someone was super proud of Scott Summers' abilities. And they were like, God. Jesus Christ, how do we tone this down? So yeah. that's what's happening. So we're going to pay until they hit that 18-month break. And they're done thinking about him. I do think that Shield Mind on, on Jean Grey is a important ability to exist in the game. But like I've said before, she suffers from the let's give her two power a turn thing. Yeah. And like they built the character starting there. And they're like, all right, well, she's got to get more power than everybody else. So give her two power a turn. Then they're like, well, she gets two power a turn. So let's make all of her stuff appropriately costed. It's like, that's not what that means. Like, you can't do it that way. You need to generate the amount of power based on how much your stuff costs. Yeah, anyway. Dumb. She has five dice. Set power. Like, it's not anything bad, just not enough. Yeah. She needs, like, four power a turn. Also, what is the matter transmutation thing? Choose another character with an activated token. I was just reading that. At, within two and push it short. That's so weird. Yeah. It costs three. It costs three it's, with two. It can affect enemies. Yeah, with two caveats. So, Wait, what? What do you mean? Oh, that has an activated token and, and that's within two? Yeah. Being within range is not a caveat. <laughs> Yeah, but almost oh, all those abilities right. are within three, right? Almost all of them. There's so few of those. Uh, yeah, but it also could affect friendlies. Yeah, I get it. I and guess. And you can move multiple people. But, the, but since they already have an activated token, you're not doing it. I guess right, it's... Right, so if Jean goes last, it's she for moves Jean in, going... she moves everybody. Yeah, that, yeah that's the would... idea. Yeah, for the idea is yeah. Jean goes last, but, and so can But because not. she gets one extra power a turn, all of her shit costs one more, so it costs three instead of two. That's the confusing right. part. Like it should have just costed two, right? Yeah. Anyway. All right. Are you guys good? I think I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, bye, everybody. <laughs>